0: Oh, it's the Steel Podcast.
1: Oh, the <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Gather
2: round, and Ian's going out to Las Vegas, gonna <laughs> have himself a party, gonna bet on ponies, gonna play some pinball, gonna make Ian's heart on fire. I don't know. Welcome, so, welcome to the C podcast. Yeah. For Wednesday, the special Wednesday edition, August eleventh, two thousand twenty one, alongside Partied On, Partied Out, one year older, fresh face Ian Ferguson. This is me. I'm, I'm the screw-up Pat Conjure, because before we recorded this, I accidentally streamed a few minutes and had to had cancel it and re-record the intro. So, you folks out there, you might have missed a different intro three minutes in.
0: <laughs> so uh, Anyway, Ian, how's it going? re the top on your polar seltzer and bother me. Crack. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No, it was a good weekend. Uh, it was my birthday. I was um, kidnapped and taken to Vegas by Vonnie and uh, John... <phone rings> co-host of the uh they tied you they threw you in the trunk extra napkins podcast they told me they were going to take me to a flea market and i thought that's what we were going out there to do just to like see the see their new place so Vonnie could see it go to this flea market that's supposed to be full of like all you know all sorts of weird desert artists and uh, then we were going to go out to dinner and we were going to record a couple episodes of the podcast. That's what we usually do. John usually comes down. I thought fair's fair. We can go up there for a, wee, you know, a, a night and do some stuff so he doesn't have to travel down. Um, so we went there Saturday night, woke up Sunday morning, and uh, they're like, all right. So we went and got breakfast at the place they told us we were going to get breakfast at. And uh, they're like, all right, let's go to the flea market. And it took me like an hour to realize that we weren't going to a flea market. I just I was, you know, sitting there looking out the window at all the neat desert stuff and they were like, Are you ever gonna ask us if like where the this flea market is? But in your mind you didn't know
2: that you weren't going towards the flea market or
0: Right. I I mean so the, the real reasoning for me being confused was it's it's the desert. It takes a while to get from place to place out there. Not everything is like it's not like a city, you know, where everything is on top of yeah. each other. So I was like, All right, maybe this cool flea market's uh, you know, a far place away. A far away place far place away what far place away far away place so you had never been to vegas before you told me never been to vegas wow. i had always wanted to go to the pinball hall of fame Vonnie wanted to take me last year for my birthday we couldn't because of covid um but we went this year the pinball hall of fame is an exceptional place um just a it's it's a new location they everyone online's like i haven't been to the new location yet so i don't know how long this new location has been there it used to be You'd have to take a bus or an Uber or a cab or something out there. But this is, like, right off the strip. It's right by the MGM properties. Um, and it is massive. Uh, it's particularly impressive if you like the electromechanical machines. Uh, this, um, lots and lots of wedge heads uh, represented there. And uh, just fantastic. I went there twice. It was the first place we went. We went for a few hours. And then we. Uh, I'm going to break that beeper um it was a good thing because it was a re- rescheduled meeting that dead oh <laughs> sorry so um and i went for a couple hours the second night we were there uh, highlight, highlights yeah. of it i got to play central park which is an old electromechanical machine oh, okay, uh, fairly simple rules but it's a very pretty machine um in the seated in the back box is a central. visible bell and central. there's a monkey sure. there's an like a little plastic monkey that Hits the bell every time oh. you get uh, uh, you score hundred points. 1966. Uh, wow! It's got a really fucking brutal drain, though. If you look at it, it's got the small flippers. They're extra wide apart, and there's uh, lots of ru- there's three rubber posts. So there's a lot of bumping and nudging that you have to do to keep that ball in play.
2: Oh, this is one of the old, old school ones where like the flippers
0: are small. And yeah. they're, like, way apart from each other. But this has got those little posts that you can bump off of. Okay. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I've i gotten pretty good at the the video pinball version of it over the years. And I was like, it's not going to translate. And I was actually able to keep it in play. I I, I uh, scored both specials on the machine. There's two plungers? No, just one. It's an in old, old, the old machines. They don't have automatic kickers. What that is, the ball's empty down there. Oh, and every time your ball drains, you push the one plunger in gotcha. and it pops a ball back up. Gotcha. Um, played the new Mandalorian machine. It was actually, I had a lot of fun with it. Way more than I thought I would have. Is it a stern one? Yeah, it's a stern one. Um, but yeah, tons of great machines. Vani and I, uh, I think the two machines we had the most fun with were Genesis, which is a Phil Collins one. Genuinely great machine. No, but it's it, you wouldn't probably know it if you saw it. It's got like ridiculously awful. You answered that seriously. No, no, no. no it wasn't that one. Um, no. Really bad back art. But, like, the table Genesis. art is great, and the sound is awesome. It's not, like, bad. It's just is weird. Is it, like, the Bible Genesis? No. No. It's, uh, like, uh, well, it's, like, the creation of life Genesis. But you're, like, building. Yeah, that's the Bible. Yeah, but, no, you're building it out of technology. Oh, okay. It's very. It's a very, very fun machine um, and very old. No, it's not the Bible Genesis. You're creating life. What? Um, um, I'm just saying that's why they use it. Is they? this one with the mad
2: scientists on the back?
0: It's got the, yeah, it's got the mad scientists in the, it's got the three people in the, yeah. Like, just a ridiculous translate, but an absolutely great machine. Who, uh, who, this was, was Gottlieb. It was, it was Gottlieb like slash mid-80s? A, mid-80s? Yeah, Gottlieb, uh, mid-80s. That is, that's Gottlieb on it, not Premiere. I thought I'd seen it with Premiere on there. It says Gottlieb on the bottom of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, the front glass, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, and then Vani and I played a lot of Space Jam pinball, too.
2: Oh, it yeah. says Gottlieb by Premiere. Premier. Yeah. But it, Gottlieb
0: is front and center.
2: Oh, okay. So they It's to...
0: still it's the premier era of, of Gottlieb.
2: But it's, okay.
0: Um. So yeah, that was great. Which basically means it's it's the
2: one off knockoff pinball machines that you know, aren't like the premier pr- properties. Th- uh, they look was... cheaper, but they're fun still. Oh, they're really
0: funny. I mean, Genesis yeah. is considered a, a great machine. They're all have pictures of people on those premiere ones. They don't do like any art. They're all like pictures of like muscle bound men and women. Anytime someone sees a premiere machine from that era, um, they go, What is this based off of? It's because it's real. It's, yeah, it's a live picture on the back, but it's not based on yeah. anything. It's just an IP, but instead of, you know, art like most pinball machines, it's weird pictures yeah. know, of, of people in different get ups. Um, because there's Gold Wings, that's the Top Gun rip off. Gold Wings, I think Gold Wings is what it's called. There's a Rambo ripoff. There, there, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just it's an interesting time. What to say? So um, that was really cool. Uh, Vegas. I don't need to tell people about Vegas. Everyone's I've either been to Vegas or will have their own experience with Vegas. I've been eight years. Very interesting place. I I had a good time. I would go back. Nine um I, there's definitely lots of off strip stuff that we didn't get to see that i'd like to see um, but the one thing that i do want to mention uh before we move on is uh I, I, it's known that i'm not really a gambler i've talked on here about not being a gambler. You say
2: that yet you invested in uh invested in dogecoin but okay
0: i mean these are these are not uh, these are one-off gambles i mean these are gambles that and, I make and, sitting at night. and you used to play poker you gave up you gave it up a little bit okay <gasps> Basically, I don't, I don't generally do slots. I don't do video poker. I don't do craps roulette. I don't do casino stuff. I used to play poker because it's a fun game, and yeah, money got involved. But it was never to gamble. The, uh, the intent uh, was never uh, to uh, uh, gamble uh, first. Okay. Um, so like the entire time we were there, the two nights, I think I played one or two slot machines. Um, didn't play any cards, table games like that. But what I did fall in love with is uh the fake ponies so there is a somewhat legendary machine called sigma derby that people love i did not play sigma derby wish i could have sigma derby was made by a company called sigma electromechanical horses run around takes quarters still um you can Uh, place bets there's eight people it's at an off uh off uh strip casino called the d and it pays out in quarters I think it I think that one pays the out more. Like we're talking yeah. like
2: decades old from the 50s Oh, the it's 60s. very old. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, people love it though and no one had really filled that hole. So, Konami in 2018 um made a uh, their version called um Fortune Cup Deluxe. Okay, I'm going to get a video on this. Fortune Cup Deluxe. It is Truly a Vegas sight to behold. It's just, it's, it's huge. It's, you, got, you, got it's a a, video, you got a video
2: board with the odds? It's a spectacle, you horses. get a
0: video board with the odds. So basically, wow. you watch the actual free-moving horses in the center. There's eight of them. Or you can watch the action on the big TV screen, the which legs is all move. video. Yeah, the, the legs, legs move. move on the models? Yes. On the physical models? Wow. And the action on the screen matches up perfectly with the action that's taking place in the oh. center. It's close. I'm looking. It's close. It's, it's, it's close. You're, you're watching. You, all the lead changes are the exact same. But you can yeah. watch from either place and get the same effect. And there's a giant board in the center uh, of each station. There's eight stations that show you. You can place win bets. And it shows you the odds. You can place. Uh, I can't remember what place, they call Place, win,
2: them. and show. Place, it's first, second, uh, third. Place,
0: win, and they call it something different.
2: Okay. But it's like you yeah. bet on first, second, or third. Maybe they can you do like,
0: trifectas as well, I'm guessing. You can like do that. Uh, twos. Uh, you can do twos you can't do the trifectas. So anyways, lots of fun. You put 20 bucks in the machine, you make safe bets, you're going to sit there for 40 45 minutes even if you lose all of and your money. And it's like
2: 30 seconds a race. It's like Is 30 it... seconds a race. And
0: so you constantly betting money. It's really fun and like the people if you're if you're sitting there, they're going to start bringing you the drinks. So like It's gambling, but like the whole experience of it is a lot more fun. It's communal. It's communal.
2: People betting on horses. There's a lot of yelling
0: and people getting excited. And uh, even if you lose the twenty bucks you put in or whatever you put in, um, you're probably getting one or two free drinks. And to me, that's a that's an even bet. I'm I'm happy with that. I I would have spent that twenty bucks sitting at a bar getting two drinks anyways. Um,
2: Do do all the the horse strengths and weaknesses like in odds? Do they change race to race? They're they're locked
0: in. Uh, they ch- I think they change, it moves fast, but um, they do series of races, I think they're 10 race series, with the same horses, and they show you the stats as that series goes on, and then I think it resets every 10 races. It'll, it'll like go back to default odds, maybe? Yeah, I can't recall exactly how if it is really, something like that. Because if you if you
2: really get into horse uh, betting, yes. it would have to be c- the same odds on the horse. Yeah, because
0: there's yeah, because there are certain times where like, yeah. So, it, anyways, otherwise you just always bet on the favorite, the favorite always always win, obviously. Um, so it's fun. I mean, both times we sat there, John and I hit long shot bets. There you go. You know, because it, you sit there, you play enough races, and you play enough of those 60s you know, those those 60 to 1 bets. Oh, 60 to 1 odds, you like a horse that you, will just die. You, you'll watch that horse eventually fucking cross the finish line, and the place goes nuts, wouldn't it? Yeah, you put five bucks on it, won $300. So, it's it's really cool. Um, Yeah, it was a blast. So, the whole trip was great, and uh, if you gamble, uh, play Fortune Cup Deluxe. It's a real swell time. So, that was your birthday. That was my birthday. Yeah, well, all and fake ponies. The birthday, the, 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 the ride ain't over yet. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. There
1: it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is the same hat as last year. just for you.
1: Happy birthday, happy birthday. Whoop-dee-doo, whoop doo May your day be pleasant.
0: Open up your present just for you. Here? Just for you. Happy birthday, happy Oh! Thank you, sir. That, that is actually a great idea. Birthday, what is it, Ian? Pack got me a massage birthday, gun, because I'm an old, birthday, broken birthday, man. Birthday, it's <laughs> a Cairo gun. Birthday, yeah, birthday, I'm excited birthday, to check it out.
2: And it even has an angled birthday, handle birthday, to get you at the back, user. You can twist it. There's an angle on it. So there you go, Ian.
0: Thank you, sir. I'm very excited about this. Just for you. All right, Happy my face is Happy turning birthday. red from the what song do? though. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Open up your present
2: just, just for you,
0: just for you. Thank okay. you, Binky.
2: All right, got to do that tradition now. Yeah, so we'll keep it on here for the podcast. Yeah, we'll
0: keep it there for the podcast. That's fine. <laughs> I
2: am uh, I'm <laughs> at least gonna... for the, at least
0: for the rest of the intro. I'm gonna go home and use that immediately after this. We got we got to precharge it. Oh, okay, I well, should have, I should it. I'll take it. a nap and then I'll use it. There you go. So. You want to go on a cruise, Ian, for your next birthday? Not this one.
2: You can go on the Disney Star Cruiser. This—the details of this were announced and revealed at, along with prices. And this is the peak nostalgic. I wish nostalgia didn't exist because this is the worst result of it, sort of category. Um, so, okay, what this is? I originally I heard about this. It this this is uh, basically it's it's a two a two night thing where it's not a cruise it's called the star cruiser you go to a hotel that's mocked up to be like a like a voyage out in the, in the solar system in the in star wars galaxy land but it, but everything is star wars themed the restaurants there's like a cantina bar your your bedroom looks like a cruise but it's star wars and future themed but you Cosplay and go on an adventure during this. It's it's built around like a theme. Like 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 one of those like murder mystery dinner things, but it's a two day event where you do these events and I'm guessing what happens during this. I'm just not I'm not spoiling it, but I'm guessing your Star Cruiser gets taken over by the first order, and then you have to fight back against it during it, and that's what this is about. And um yeah. This is I'm checked out. Of, I've been checked out of Star Wars now for I think a couple of years. Boy, if I was it, I'd be checked out now of this. And I know, I know, Disney spent billions of dollars to get the Star Wars property, but this is not the
0: way I think you should be making your money back on this. Um, the price is is concerning. It's something like five thousand dollars. It's between four and six thousand um, dollars,
2: depending upon how many people go. I guess, I guess you get a slight discount overall for more people, but it's still this is expensive expensive it's gonna cost you like we'll say two thousand a night
0: we'll just say that's M- what's gonna cost you so uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I, yeah I, I'm out of Star Wars I, I was I, I realized that I don't think I was ever really in Star Wars it's the same thing that I always say about people if all you really liked was the original trilogy uh, and you constantly hate on all the other movies then you're not a Star Wars fan you're not a fan of the whole series you're a fan of the first three movies you, I mean it, it, it's ridiculous to call yourself a fan of something that you hate two-thirds of. Um, I think the idea is... I, I, I like heavily themed things. I don't like Star Wars, but I will say, and I think I talked about it on here, when I went to Disney with Vonnie two years ago or whatever, um, I think for her birthday... Uh, oh no, our friend was in town. Um, we went to Galaxy's Edge, and even though I don't care about Star Wars, I thought the theming was fantastic. It was very fun to walk around and look at and see. I mean, they did a good job of it. I have faith in their theming here. I just... I just have no interest here's, in it because of the property, and also I don't like the. It sounds like you are going to be led around by the hand for the majority of this, and that sounds exhausting.
2: This is what you get for it, and we don't usually talk about stuff like this. but This is how weird this is. Okay, so it's uh, here's the, the sample standard cabin rates. This is the standard. This is the cheapy ones. Um, it's the Hal, Halcyon, which is this. It's the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. So you get two guests per cabin is twelve hundred dollars. per Per guest per night, or forty eight hundred dollars total. So that's going to cost you twenty four hundred dollars a night for two. If you go two adults, one child, it's almost nine hundred per guest per night, or fifty three hundred dollars. So they're they're almost encourage you to bring along a child. Probably can't get away with three adults. They'll weird. They'll probably won't allow that. And then four guests, which is can be three adults, one child. That's a weird set. Was a thropple with a kid. $750 $750 per night, or 6000 total. So obviously the price goes down with four people. But this is two nights still. Two nights. You can go on a real cruise for this amount for seven days. Like a real actual cruise going somewhere. Yeah, it's just like, an like, obscene amount of money. Yes. Um, the pricing, though, does include an entry to Disney's Hollywood Studios and Galaxy Edge on day one of your journey. So what, you disembark, I guess, and go there. Um, you get two breakfasts, lunch. And dinner meals per guest, one quick service No, Is that every day or just over the three days? Is that if that's over the three days, that's ridiculous if they don't include food because cruises include fruit, food. They don't usually include drinks. to you get know, like a voucher, but yeah, you, that you, better include the this, food every day,
0: every fucking day. I don't think it day. is.
2: I don't think it is. It says two breakfast, lunch, and dinner meals per guest. If it's every day, okay, you're covering me for two meals, and then you get a quick service meal, which I guess means you pick up a little like little salad from the from the front desk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a little sandwich ready to go. Um, valet parking and exclusive Galactic Star Cruiser Magic Band. What? Oh, Magic Band. You get a band. And so from what I was reading about this is that I guess during this cosplay experience, I guess there's going to be a takeover or something, because you can side with either like the Rebels – Or the First Order, which makes it extremely weird if you could side with the totalitarian um, regime. I'd like to cosplay Uh, genocide for a while. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I know there's this romantic thing about Kylo Ren and stuff, but he's a mass murderer. So, so like, you don't want to side with that guy. You don't want to idolize kyle loren i'm gonna have all the all the people that come after me now
0: you can like villains and appreciate
2: oh, villains, sure. but, but i do you think it's final so weird, weird, weird when them. people
0: overly identify with the villains oh or yeah something people who decide uh, to put like empire tattoos on their body it's like now
2: you're going after yoshi but okay
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that i, I... love you yoshi <laughs> now i'm a little concerned oh uh, <laughs> uh, well yeah
2: i like yoshi but um, don't kill me uh the, the second night, there's a taste around the galaxy, showcasing, showcasing courses inspired from locations and planets from stars. What are you gonna have? Like, that, that tatooine, uh, unleavened bread? Like, what are you, what are you gonna have? What, what, what do you mean it's
0: inspired by? The, the droid factory cupcake? A glass of moisture from the farm? <laughs> yeah, the, that blue milk that Aunt Baru has. You can get uh, the blue milk at Disney. Oh, you can? Yeah. Is it actually milk? I know. I, I think it's like some sort of fruity fucking thing. It's probably like a Calpico or one of those like yogurt based drinks.
2: Uh, the first night has the Crown of Corellia dining room will transform into a t- table service supper club with a special special musical appearance by a galactic superstar. Oh, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get the, uh, the, the those guys from the Cantina band playing jizz. What? Well, well got it. Finger and Don and the Modal Nodes. How do I remember that? I had this single. That's why. Are you gonna get Finger and Don and the Modal Nodes? The guys. You know, do do, 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 do do or Max Re, or the Max Rebo band from Return of the Jedi. We're gonna get there. Um, they showed the food here. It looks fancy. You got because they, they got these poor chefs had to make fancy looking food. I guess that to resemble, you know, another galaxy. <laughs> that music is literally called Jizz. What fingering down on the modal notes? There was two. They had, they had two. They had a B side. There was an A. And a there two songs. Jizz, Pat. <laughs> jizz. <laughs> it's- Come, but I like Finger and Don the notes. I got, yeah. the, I got the single I bought when I was like 18 somewhere. Love
0: it when Finger and Don <laughs> fucking gets this jizz out in the room. Jesus Christ, the the names in Star Wars. You got a fuzzy on your mic, which is bothered
2: by the way, <sighs> right there. That oh, just yeah. bothered me. It's, the audience can see it. It's, it's birthday fuzz. Yeah, anyway, guests will be able to join the First Order or the Resistance. What? Why? How is that an option? How, why is that an option? You know, the stormtroopers are based upon, you know, the stormtroopers that were Nazi Germany, right? Like that's like, that's where the name comes from. You know, they were like the brown shirts and they helped the rise. Yeah, of, it's not know, the other like, way around. They like, didn't name them no, that after the Star no, Wars movie. That comes from that. They were, they were the storm. They were called the storm something like in 1930s Germany. Like that's where it comes from. Then I guess some of the troops became had that name as well, I think. But my God, it's fucking bizarre. You'll yeah. run into new characters like Rey, Kylo Ren. I guess you can shake hands with, hey, Kylo, how's it going? Killing tons of people and blowing uh, up
0: planets. Figrin Dan. I thought you said fingrin Dan. Figrin Dan. Figrin.
2: F-I-G-R-I-N. Like Yeah, F-I-G-R-I-N. F-I-G-R-I-N. And the modal, the modal nodes. And the modal nodes. There's notes. like four of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, they never figures figures of those back in the day. They came out with figures eventually. They play a genre of music called. I uh, guess we'll be able to become a Jedi and wield a lightsaber. So I guess I picture this with it'll be a bunch of kids, some adults, dressing up as Jedi's, waving around their lightsabers they just bought. They just bought in the in, you know in the shop right outside of this hotel or in the hotel and just waving around for three days straight. I would love to see. How many, how many of these people that actually do this do this are actually adults that are dragging their kids to do this, that grew up with Star Wars, or, or the, the kids actually? Because I picture there's going to be this point in time where it's going it's to fade away from kids, and it's going to be mostly older and older and older adults, Gen X and millennial adults, that are going to be in love with this sort of idea and try to get their kids yes. into it. Yeah. The same way my father dragged me to Williamsburg, Virginia, I can picture uh, some parents dragging their kids to this shit. They're gonna be like, I wanna go on the rides, I wanna go on Space Mountain, I wanna go on the log flume. No, no, no we're gonna we're gonna fight off fight off the fight off the, the, the first order on, on this on
0: this ho- in this hotel experience. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. All right. Well, that's a lot of time we've spent on that. It sounds awful, like a no-good time, and we're gonna move on. But you have a great time at ultimateendo.com. You will have a great here. time at ultimateendo.com. Uh, you
2: can buy plenty of birthday presents for folks, certain NES and Super Nintendo guidebooks, RBI baseball stickers with has a hat on it right now. Uh, enamel pins, my, my big head or the C U podcast, enamel pin and, and, and more stuff there. You can't buy a Cairo gun though.
0: No, I'm so excited for that.
2: I see, you know, I'm not
0: horrible. Very excited.
2: I'm also going to be on, uh, no, I was just on Twitch yesterday. I was on Twitch, but usually Wednesday nights, twitch.tv slash country code. You can go check there and check out, you know, what I did watching 80s commercials or maybe a three minute, uh, stream. Uh, unintentionally of the first part of the podcast <laughs> that I probably deleted by now, and I'm also on Cameo Cameo. dot com slash Pat Contry for all your birthday shout out needs.
0: Pac Man Brunch, Ian. God, I love these. I love these so much. So uh... <laughs> Pac Man. So blind box figures are popular. Uh, they they have really lasted a like, good amount of time. Like my yoga cat. Yeah, it's a blind boxing, right? Vonnie loves them. Um, blind box toys, y'all should know what they are. If not, they're usually like 10 to 15 bucks and you, you pull them out of a, a larger carton and the carton generally shows you, uh, all the different things you could get. And there's usually a couple chase ones and it's usually, it's a you know, like a a different pose. yoga poses. I have yoga aliens. This is the one I want by the way, remember I said, like, yeah. this is the one I wanted. and I got it. What's the odds of that? Well, one out of six, um, so these Pac-Man ones are just cute Pac-Man food-themed ones that show vi- Pac-Man and the ghosts in various you know situations.
2: Namco, I got to give you credit. I didn't think 41 years later we can still be monetizing Pac-Man this much, but you figured it out. You've really figured. I figured thought it out. I was dying out with Professor Pac-Man in like '83, but you've you figured you figured it out. You figured it out. You know, you got the your Pac-Man uh, barcade, You know, Pac-Man uh, tabletop games, which are fantastic, um, which all the rage, and you got these cute little toys of, I guess. Uh, Ghost eating uh, pies and fruits and cocktails and and I don't know what's happening. At Waffles. This brunch. Here's an
0: eggs Benedict one where oh, Pac-Man oh, uh, has some hollandaise on his head. Oh, is that what that is? Okay, yep. I'm, I'm all in on, on that eggs Benedict. I didn't see and that then, one. And then here's Pac-Man with a pepper shaker holding a holding it over a frying pan with an egg. Uh, they're adorable. So if you like your Pac-Man and maybe and the, look and into the this. egg that Pac-Man is cooking, the yolk is Pac-Man
2: That's shaped. shaped. That's the attention to detail I want. Namco. There you have it and these are $12 uh each. How many
0: in total are there here? 9. It's usually nine. Um I'm guessing the I'm guessing, three inches. guessing one of those is probably a chase and the other ones are oh, There's going to be limited variants. Yeah. So it looks like randomly inserted throughout the production range. So this is a form of
2: gambling as well because they want you to get Oh,
0: blind box always are and yes. then you can you can definitely sell the the uh, the the chases for money. Yes.
2: But they don't reveal what they are. I guess they're going to randomly just do one. So keep you buying these at $12 a pop for a three-inch vinyl. Wow. The way people do this is they usually Woo! buy a
0: box, and then they get everything they want. If you're you can sell these, off sets then, I guess. You sell, you sell off. off your extras and shit like that. Do you make your money back? On, sell off the sets? No, probably not. Not really, but it takes it down to a price where most people find it reasonable. So now I'm only spending $15 on each one instead of $30. You know, to get, to yeah, get $50 the to get the set instead of you know however <laughs> much. Um. Big, big news! Uh, 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 big, 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 big news! Big, big, big news! This got me so fucking excited yesterday. Uh, Jesus Christ, Ian. Uh, there's a, uh, we, we know that there's a sequel to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, Top it, grossing movie of 2020. 20. <laughs> Not one of the greatest movies ever made, but honestly, a damn fine uh, attempt at a video game movie. One that I enjoyed watching thoroughly. Uh, the second one's coming. It was shown in the uh, the the post credits thing uh, at the end of the first movie that Tails would be in it, um, and everyone pretty much assumed that Knuckles was going to be in it. But that was confirmed. And is that too
2: much? They, is is that too many characters they add at one time? Both of them? No,
0: no, it's fine. It's gonna be fine. Uh, Idris Elba is doing the voice of our beloved man, uh, Knuckles. World the... sexiest man, Idris Elba. That's right, Knuckles the echidna. Um, I couldn't be happier. And that's one of the things that's weird about this movie. We've got like, it was weird in the first one to have Jim Carrey in it. It's even weirder in the second one to have Jim Carrey and Idris Elba, like two actors well, with some credit to their, their name. Also, uh, Mar- uh, James Marsden. Is that his name? Yeah. James Marsden. Uh, and... uh um, was weird? Ben Schwartz. It, it's just, it's it's weird that there's... Like I don't. People? Plus, Idris isn't acting in a suit. He's going to be just doing the voice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'd... like five days of work at most, four days. He does the lines, he get gets his paycheck, and he leaves. I think it's fun. Everyone uh, was very excited about it yesterday. Um, everyone was very happy that Idris Elba was going is going to be, uh, portraying Knuckles. Portraying. I'm ha- yeah, you Morrison. know, I'm happy you're happy, Ian. Yeah, it what, what is this coming out next year? Yeah, 2022 might be the first movie I see since the first one because there's nothing maybe, coming maybe, out that I really am star- really interested in star- seeing.
2: Maybe it's hopefully starts the pandemic and. Ends the ends pandemic, the pandemic.
0: yeah. <laughs> Which probably won't happen because no one's getting their vaccinations. The full Sonic 1 and uh, Sonic 2 arc. There you go. Soldier Boy Console, you want to talk a little bit about Soldier Boy? Yeah, yeah,
2: Ian, why not? I mean, it's not randomly put on our list of topics to talk about here. Soldier Boy Console, remember he tried to, to just do, uh, you know, knockoffs of AliExpress stuff. Yep, this, uh, he announced on Twitter, the Soldier Boy uh, uh, Game Edition uh, is a, looks like, recolored... And
0: silk screened retroid pocket. Yeah, so retroid pocket um, with the color changed, and it says um, Soldier Boy Game Edition on the back, um, which doesn't like make any sense to me. His names for his products fucking blow. The first one was going to be called the Soldier Game Console. This one is the Soldier Boy Game Edition. Game Edition. The Edition of what? This thing plays games. What is it in an edition of Soldier Boy? Well, it's got his logo on it. Game edition. It should be It should be Retroid Soldier Boy edition. You get what I'm saying? The naming doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. What, what does TRDR mean on that? I don't know. Is I don't it... know, and I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. I do give a fuck. Let me just say how much I
2: do not like the button layout on the Retroid now I'm looking at it. No, it's, it's miserable looking. It's angled up to the right when it should be down to the right.
0: So this is the Retroid um, pocket. The actual Retroid looks a little bit better. It looks kind of similar to the Ann Bernack. It's one of the side... Side ones that looks like almost like a just a rectangle. What
2: do you mean it looks a little bit better? It's the same it's the
0: same design looking at it. No, no, you're you're not there's a soldier there's the Soldier Boy Game Edition is a copy of the Retroid Pocket. Yes. I'm talking about the actual retroid. There's a Retroid, oh, there's an actual which, retroid. Is, which is basically the side uh, orientation of it, and the Retroid Pocket is the uh, vertical uh, orientation of it. The uh, actual retroid and looks and much pe- better. And people buy these load up with ROMs. Yeah. So oh, okay, the Retroid is looks more like a game gear. Got it. Um. Yeah, so I think the big difference this time is the first one that he was trying to sell that never got anywhere was loaded up with ROMs. Sure. It was one of those Xbox looking consoles that was just loaded up with ROMs. This, as far as I can tell, is not loaded up with ROMs. It just boots to Android and you can put whatever the fuck you want on it. Wait a minute.
2: The Retroid Pocket 2 is the game. So the 2 is the bigger one. The the original Retroid Pocket is. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. There you go.
2: The Retroid Pocket is the smaller Game Boy. The 2 looks like like a Switch, basically. There's two versions. I just didn't remember the names of them. How dare you not know these fucking semi knockoff handhelds, Ian? So, yeah, there it is. Way to go, Soldier Boy now he's probably going to do an upcharge. He probably got in touch with him and say hey, I'll do a, do a version of this. And they, and maybe they did, they said okay, for a lark we could put some together and produce some, I guess. I don't know.
0: So he uh, put it out in literally the well, let's get them on AliExpress. Can you, can you get these on AliExpress? Like ones like this? I mean, well, sorry, go for it. Probably. Um actually these might be slightly more expensive. These might be like the name more name brand type ones. But uh yeah. So there it is. It's bad. Um, everyone in the replies to his Twitter post, uh, basically made fun of it and
2: but he made news. We're talking about it.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: All right. Well, maybe, he had, maybe he maybe had a deal uh, worked out there, who, who? but who would just do a limited edition of a handheld? Who would actually do that? I wonder, hmm. you gotta, you gotta be weird to want to do that.
0: Yeah.
2: Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health
1: right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Um, GameStop is going to rebrand the EB Games stores in Canada to GameStop. I guess they were holding on to the EB Games brand in Canada, but I guess they realized, hey, we got me a meme stock in... We got crap going on here. Why don't we just get rid of the EB Games brand? Hell, they still got Toys R is real Toys R Us in Canada. So, like, Canada is like a different world entirely here. So, uh, this came from the decision follows our receipt of feedback from our valued customers and stockholders. Customers don't mean shit. In this case, it's the stockholders. They probably realize, yeah, we want to capitalize on the meme shit. I don't understand, like, how this was going to move the needle at all, changing the name. If you're used to your EB Games, you know GameStop owns it. That's not
0: a secret for fucking twenty over twenty years. Or twenty right. years at this point. The what's? I don't know. Oh, just it's to bizarre. fucking do something, just so someone can say they did something at work that day. Change all the names. Change
2: all the money. You get, now you got to change all of the signs. Spend waste money
0: on that. and Change all the the shirts of the employees to be GameStop. Or, you know what I mean? I understand brand unity, but, but I just don't feel like it's really necessary at this point. It's not going to help them any. No, it's when you walk in. It's you still, should have done it when you bought all the stores. It's still a GameStop. Yeah, I mean their website is ebgames.ca. I just looked it up.
2: That's how they're known. I guess up there. I guess that's how they're they're like known. Um, there probably were still EB Games logos on some stores probably in the U.S. at some point. And they thought, what the hell? We're not going to just change the GameStop. When you walk in, it says GameStop. You know what's the point? You know, so that's
0: weird. That's weird. You know what's really weird though, Ian? This absolute idiotic fuck. Um. Doctor Disrespect is starting a game studio, a game dev studio. This is what happens when you put people with marginal talents in. in let them, I just this is so annoying. So, uh, the studio's purpose is to partner with mega influencers and build their dream game. So, I, Guy
2: Beam is looking to launch his own game dev studio because I guess his his uh, show went kaput. Uh, according to a job posted listed on his Champion Club's website, it's a major but in some ways unsurprising move for the streamer. Uh, considering he used to work at Call of Duty developer Activision as a level designer before deciding to spend his life wearing a wig and sunglasses. Thank you, PC Gamer, for
0: calling it what it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's never not ridiculous to me. And yes, I know he's very rich, more rich than I'll probably ever be, but that doesn't mean I have to respect him, because I don't. Oh, well, his name is Dr. Disrespect. He's inviting the disrespect. Good. Right there. Um, this is how this is going to go. Uh <laughs> We're going to get a demo of something. Maybe. It's going to look real bad. Probably never going to see anything from this ever again.
2: You think so? I I go the opposite way. We're going to get a couple of games that these influencers are involved in pushing.
0: They're going to be shit. Yeah, well, okay. And and then people realize that I just got fleeced. This does not have legs. We're either going to get a demo that looks really, really bad and they quietly don't do anything with it. Or we're going to get one Fortnite killer from Ninja... And uh, oh, no, it's nin- it's going to suck. I don't think Ninja's going to do that. Ninja, Ninja's...
2: I hate to say it, Ninja is smart. Because he's partnering with everyone. He's partnered with uh, Fortnite. He has a character in Raid Shadow Legends. So like he's getting his money that way. That's the smart way to do it. Doing your own game is not the route.
0: I think has he partnered take. with Tops, <laughs> Papa John's for a pizza? <laughs> is he, has he partnered with Crayola? Um, anyway... I just think this is dumb, and it's, uh, it, 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 it's what happens when you let marginally smart people huff their own farts for long enough.
2: Well, it's another way to monetize your business. Uh, this PC Gamer uh, writer, what's their name here, uh, S- uh, Stephen Messner says, I can't help but be skeptical. There's a potentially big gulf between a dream game concocted by a popular Twitch streamer and something that's actually playable, fun, and commercially viable. I mean, he's got a leg up. If he worked on level design, at least he's been around the industry at some point, doesn't mean though you can come up with your own game, have a great idea, and then go through all the, all the uh, levels of execution, getting the right people working on it, keeping it on budget. I mean, these are not the same uh, You can play a
0: lot of video games and not understand how to design a good video game. Sure. You can write music for a bunch of video games and not understand I, how to make a video game system. I almost think the
2: Cynical path's going to say they're going to have probably people come to influencers with ideas like, like they're going to say okay, think of a game for our influencer to get behind and we can add our bits and pieces to it and then we'll push it. I think that's probably what's going to happen here which is smart. We'll get some indie games that if we were say, "Yeah, I helped design this game when it was like they did like an hour meeting once. I didn't work on it again until the market came. That's probably what's going to happen. I mean, it's transparent, but it'll work. We've seen influencers make games. We've
0: seen our friends made made, made a game. Oh yeah, dating sim game. So like, I think it know. can absolutely happen. I just don't have any faith in mega influencers or Doctor. What, what makes you a mega influencer? Is that like a mega fauna. It's gotta it's gotta be like really giant.
2: Like what how, what's what's the cutoff? Is that a million... As a million subscribers is like nothing on YouTube
0: anymore? I think at this point is was got be five million. You have to film yeah. in a men's bathroom to become a mega influencer. Is that what you got to film? Yeah. You got you got to get kicked out of E three. Got to be a motherfucking weirdo. Okay, that that's that's is
2: that on the is that on the job description? You you gotta you gotta have your your deal rescinded from your. your Never gonna platform. let that one go. No, I don't think you can let filming in a bathroom. Uh, no, that, adults that, and children in there, by the way, and filming yeah. that.
0: No, that's not that's not a mistake. That's that's someone who thinks they're living their fucking character, and yeah. there's no repercussions for them. No, that's bad. That's bad. Twitch never specified why it subtly
2: terminated Beam's Twitch account, despite Beam telling us in interview that he had done nothing to violate his multi million dollar exclusivity deal with the streaming platform. I'm gonna guess it's because he's a gross fucking weirdo. Well, plus they realize it's like we don't need you. <laughs> we got we got we got Ninja back. We don't need, <laughs> need you anymore. We don't need to pay you the money. That's what, probably what happened. Uh, and, and if you thought it, there was nothing done harmfully, you can always try to sue Amazon. I guess I get that money back, but he probably realize that, hey, they can su- probably sue me with, uh, excuse me, they probably terminate me without cause. And Laura probably said, yeah, this
0: contract probably says I can get rid of you at any time right, if well, it wasn't. So. Moving on from the Champions Club. Let's uh...
2: <laughs> you don't want to be in the Champions Club, Ian? Should we have a CU podcast club and call it something?
0: No. My least favorite thing is Clubs. when people name their fans. I can't stand it. Can't stand I think that. it's the fucking dumbest shit. You don't, you don't live that influencer life, Ian, do you? It's you know? fucking weird. It's a weird control thing. Oh my Champions Club! Fucking weird. It's mark. Yeah. It's marketing, Ian. I don't care. It's disgusting. That's how you get to be a influencer millionaire. They're people. Hey,
2: don't you want to do your own games with game studio with mega influencers involved? Ugh. You don't want to do that. Ian? You're not cut out for this, Ian, for the influencer
0: life. No, I'm not. It's way too sleazy.
2: CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain. I've used CBD in my life when I feel a little anxious, to help me get to sleep, when I feel restless sometimes. CBD is a safe, natural method to relieve pain, nervousness, and sleeplessness without
0: harmful side effects. And feels is a better way to feel better. So you might be wondering, what is feels? What's CBD? It makes you feel better naturally and helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Feels is very easy to take. It's a tincture. You just put a few drops under your tongue, let it sit there for a little while, and you start to feel better naturally almost instantly. If you're new to CBD and you have some questions, you can get real human support at Feels. They have a hotline that you can call to help get personalized uh, treatment and to help your experience. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no hangover or addiction. Get yourself into a self-care routine that's actually healthy and works well for you. You can join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month, and you'll save money on every order. You can pause or cancel anytime with no penalties or commitments.
2: Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping that's dot com slash you podcast to become a member and get 50 percent off automatically on your first order with free shipping feels.com slash C U podcast uh, speaking of sleazy in we had a big we had big big news happen recently big
0: big news well, we only last, need to do it once
2: uh <laughs> last week there was an announcement we knew it was coming uh the Intellivision Amico is a proposed console that was set to come out October tenth, two thousand twenty. We're recording this on Wednesday, August eleventh, two thousand twenty-one.
0: Really have to like go uh, through the ten intro months again? later. There
2: might be someone new to this. Ten months later, this console is not is not out now. Um, it's been officially delayed now for the third time. Originally, it was delayed until uh, April two thousand twenty-one. Then they delayed that until October tenth, two thousand twenty-one, and now there's been another delay that happened on Friday. Late Friday, August 6th, dropped at midnight Saturday morning. So like midnight Pacific time. So literally a Friday night news dump to announce your third delay. Talk about cowardly. We got to take this festive hat away for this topic. right? Sorry, Ian. This isn't a festive topic right now for Ian's birthday. So uh, we'll, go through, we'll go through the announcement here. This is obviously not a shock to anyone that's been following this at all.
0: Uh, be, because... Well, it was a shock to some people, and I was surprised... Uh, really? I, I, I I was surprised to see it as a shock to some people. Okay. People... Oh, I'm talking about people in the Amico fan community. There were some people who really thought this thing was going to be coming October 10th.
2: Which I guess is a... To, to the credit of Tommy being able to string people along, including his investors, which we'll get into, about not delaying something officially when we know months ago is not possible of coming out. We, and this is the same thing we said Last year when they did the pre-orders in March, by April or May, you knew that console wasn't coming out last year. For the, like You have to have your console ready to go, nothing out of the ordinary, no looking for parts, no FCC compliance issues, everything good several months ahead of your launch. It has to be 100% just
0: about buttoned up. You got to be buttoned up. All right, so so read the announcement or get, do the do the announcement parts that you I, we got to start dissecting this. We're but. gonna
2: go we're gonna go through the announcement first uh, right now. Um, uh, there was a double send. I get I get the sent double. Uh, initially, uh, especially on Atari Age, there was a paragraph repeated uh, during the announcement. Real professional PR. We've seen spelling errors and grammar errors as well on Atari Age. It was posted with a double a double paragraph, but whatever. Uh, the, the team at Intellivision has been working tirelessly to bring Amico, our family-focused entertainment system, to eager households around Family the world. Fun. We've grown to a stable and strong company of more than 60 passionate team members spanning three continents, representing some of the industry's best talent, 600 years of talent. They're making games back in the Middle Ages. Did you know that? All of us are extremely excited to share Amico with you. We originally planned to launch Amico in the fall of 2020, but had to adapt during the midst of the global pandemic disrupting our production they haven't adapted yet if they adapted to be
0: it'd be out by yes, now they have not that uh, they have they have very clearly failed to
2: adapt despite our best efforts and now facing new unprecedented international component supply and logistics challenges beyond our control we want to apologize as we are, are forced to push our desired launch
0: yet again okay i but, want to first say real quick um uh, do, what was the line? Uh, they've done everything in their ability, basically, to, to do this. Uh, they haven't. It, it's been said uh, it's, that, that there was an opportunity to get these made, but it was more expensive. The word than...
2: was this. The word on the streets. The streets are saying this. That the streets. Th- they could have locked down components for this console pre-pandemic, but the decision was made by the CEO, Tommy Tallarico, to put it off in the hopes of getting better prices. Then the pandemic happens. Now it's
0: hard to get some of this stuff, and now your profit margins now are less and less. Better they're, prices on, on, on profit margins, he had already spoken about being ludicrously high. Yes, This is pure greed. This is yes. greed. They're making their money off their console here.
2: They, they're, they're, the this is not as something cons- people do. As never, almost, almost never in the history of, of consoles are you making almost all your profit uh, off, off of the hardware, not the software uh, here, especially for a new console. So they 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 he bragged about, "Oh, this is why our retailers are going to like us because we're making a huge profit margin on these consoles versus the other hardware out there like the Switch and the PS4 and 5s and you know, like where there's like minimal."
0: This is something that always has rubbed me the wrong way that he thinks this is something any of us need to care about. No. The, the, it makes you look worse. The bragging about the profit margins the retailers are going to get just shows that you actually don't care about what happens to this once it gets into people's heads. You don't care about the consumers at all. If you care about don't.
2: the consumers, you try to do a reasonable profit margin. I'm not saying you can't make any money, but to gouge the consumer and brag about it means you're just greedy. You're not just greedy, you're you're setting this up for for a strange expectation, and then you get attacked because remember, this was supposed to be $150 to $180 originally. Yes. Now when you balloon price over a hundred dollars more, you don't you can't explain it away because now it's just like, well, we want to make the money up front. Right. Not on the software, we want to make the money on the hardware and make sure we have your have you your want
0: money. The, you want the the uh, the the optics of being a big boy toy uh, that can compete with the big boys, which, so it's gotta cost that much. Which
2: is also strange because you'd think that selling your console. At a smaller profit, not saying you got to take a loss. Obviously, you're you're a startup. You'd have your customer probably be more more willing and have extra cash to buy the software on top, too. So it's almost like you're you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're going to have less people buy it overall, but now they're going to have less money to buy the software anyway. And if you have less software support, you have less devs then that are going to make games for your platform. So it's a really short-sighted, stupid, and I mean idiotic, business decision yeah. to jack the price of your console by nearly a hundred percent also in this time period of this global pandemic where there's tons of part shortages the atari vcs has shipped which we thought some people thought never ship. analog just got restocks of the super nt and the mega sg in august they produced that this year the Analog Pocket's
0: set to come out. The Playdate is being produced. The Pocket is the only thing I would not use as an example because we don't know yet. But, but, but Playdate. Playdate's coming out. The Playdate, the restocks.
2: Steam Deck is being produced. Steam Deck is being produced. Switch OLED is coming out this year. Xboxes and PS5s are still being made. Not in the quantity you want, but there's still millions
0: being made. So this is what I need to say real quick. About and the Evercade Versus. Says. And all things made of various components. Uh, some people have said it's mostly screens. Uh, but, you know, you've, you, you can see stuff like the Evercade. And granted, it's a one-bit screen. But stuff like the Playdate coming out with screen with a screen on it. Um, the Steam Deck having a screen on it. Most of the stuff has screens yep. on here. there's screens. Um, the one thing I want to point out is the apologist stance that I constantly see put out there is, well, it's understandable, Tommy. I mean, look at Sony and Microsoft. You can't find their stuff on shelves either. Here's the truth about that. Sony has already sold 10 million PlayStation 5s. You know why you can't find it? Yeah, they wish they could be putting out more, but because it's popular... They still had to be able to produce 10 million of them to sell that. The fact that you cannot find it on store shelves does not mean that they are having grand supply line issues that would excuse what the Amico is going through. Because they made 10 million of them. The Amico has made zero.
2: Sure. Sure. And here's the thing about delays. And you can say, yes, hey, hey Pat, the VCS has been delayed. Well, I, I even left off the PolyMega because who, who knows if that ships next month they're supposed to. The fact of the matter is, is a company like Analog or some of these, yeah, if they do a delay or play date, they don't announce then a date until they're pretty damn sure it's locked in and good. They're not going to go through this bullshit of stringing you along because they're professional companies that realize it looks bad to keep having multiple delays and keep and to keep missing ship dates.
0: Well, the problem is is yes. Um and you have to do that early. Sure. Uh this has not they did not do that early with this. So this this uh announcement closes with them um promising to attempt their best to get uh, as many pre-orders into the hands of people as they can uh by the end of the year. Yeah, we'll go back to this email the, we the can go founder back editions. Um which Is uh, ludicrous. Okay, so they were kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Here, but by not announcing a date at the third delay, it looks real bad. This is is that says that says we have no idea what's going on. This is indefinitely delayed. However, they can't say that though. By using the language, because you know he's got to put something Uh, in there to make it seem like they're going to get them soon. He says by the end of the year for these pre-orders for some of these founders edition pre-orders, if those don't ship. That's that will truly kill this.
2: But they have enough time to string you along. Maybe do another round of investment. Get
0: your money. Get your
2: hopes up. Because now people, I I see these poor folks, and and seriously, my heart goes out to people who actually want this console. My heart goes out to the people and the investors we will get into the people that put their hundred dollars down last year. It's supposedly around you know ten thousand, thirteen thousand people if you go by the fig numbers that pre-orders. They're getting strung along, and now they're at a point where. Wow, I hope I get this for Christmas.
0: You ain't getting it for Christmas. It had to be in production already to get it for Christmas. The amount of uh, optimistic people who took we hope to have pre-orders out by the end of the year as you will have your system by Christmas yeah. was disappoint was like Upsetting, because they're going to be let down. Yes. Uh, The one... the one. I I saw a couple that were, like, really rosy. Like, one was literally something along the lines of, like, it's okay, Tommy. By Christmas sounds great. You put those words in their mouth because you are now having doubts, too, and you're trying to convince yourself that you're actually going to have this by Christmas.
2: Yeah, go back to the email. In spite of these supply hurdles hampering our ability to fill our orders, we are focused and determined to deliver pre-ordered units by the end of the year. This will all... This will also give us more time to optimize our operating system for future game development. Okay, once again, uh, I'm not saying that they're, they're not having problems getting components. They probably are. They probably don't want to spend more than they have to to get them, even though they're bleeding money running a company. And paying they have. Pro-
0: they're having problems with parts. That's not the only problem. It's never been the only problem, and that's what I've been saying and you've been saying. It's for it's, a year.
2: It's, what, it's what's under the hood. It's firmware. It's software. It's it's OS. It's it's probably servers. Probably aren't even done yet you know, to connect to leaderboards and stuff. Th- th- we know that the packing games aren't done because the CFO said they're, they're still finalizing 10 or teens of games. And this the- is a console that's a... So these games should have been finalized over a year ago, and they're still working on them. So this actually, in we weird way, Bu- buys them more and more time, even though they're bleeding money, to actually finish the software and firmware dev that's hampering them. Right. I believe that there could be part issues... They admit it here, that they're, they're, you're yeah. still
0: optimizing your OS... Uh, almost 10 months after your first launch date was missed. But I think that's, and really I'm just repeating myself at this point, but this is really what I want to focus on. And this is where people who are so enamored with him need to be asking the questions. He will tell you all day long that if the parts were available, this would have released on time last year. It wouldn't. That's why controls are still being worked on for cornhole. If he could turn this system on and show you the environment, if this thing was anywhere near production, he could turn one on, show you the environment, uh, show you how the store worked, show you the menu system. Yeah, direct feeds, like direct game, like direct, direct footage from the console. This was anywhere near shipping. Yeah. Uh, review units would be, uh, not review units, but demo units would be sure. sent out. They wouldn't have to be uh, small gatherings at a Crayola you know, experience um, that, you know, where he's there watching everything, uh, you know, the video of him shaking the four controllers, trying to get one to work, trying to get one to, you know, connect or sync the, up. The streets are
2: also saying that, yes, obviously we see it with our own eyes that the controllers are an issue, dropout issues, co- connectivity issues, battery issues. We see it with our own eyes in, in these videos. There's something going on. Yeah. There's something going on with these. Awful and when confronted
0: with stuff like that, some of these people are saying like literally saying, don't believe your lying eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that video of him shaking the controller, that exists out there somewhere. I watched it. You watched it. It was on it. Twitter. It was someone trying yeah. to say,
2: look, this kid is so anxious to play the Miko, and Tommy can't figure out how to sync up a controller.
0: And someone was like, I took all the videos. That doesn't exist. No, it does. No, we see it. There. We see
2: it. Someone wrote a blog who was actually, who was, who was actually fairly positive about the Miko saying, when I tapped the back of a, a controller at the, where the battery was, it shut off. When he tapped the back of the controller, it shut off. And he was told, hey, the battery just ran out. I doubt that's what was happening. I don't believe it was that coincidental. So, anyways, so here yeah. we are. So, so Tommy went on uh, the Atari H forums. Used to be our favorite uh, website. It's now fallen out of grace tremendously. They've reorganized the uh, Intelligent Amico sub forum and uh, cleaned house of a lot of critical stuff. Along the way, though, Tommy posted something where it was like, "Here's hey everyone, here's all the videos of people playing Miko being happy about it, and um, please add your, more of these." And I'm like, "Why is he doing this?" This seems weird. And then it turns out, which I pointed out on Twitter that, you know, he had not informed his his investors on the crowdfunding site Republic that this was delayed. This is something these people have to get paid their money back on this investment. It was nearly 72 hours later that he posts on Republic an update that this is delayed. However, the lead was buried beneath a dozen videos. A dozen videos. Incredible, incredible. This is the, the title of this post on Republic. Incredible video from Crayola. More upwards and launch update. He spelled launch wrong, by by the way. He spelled it launch without an N. Good old Tommy Grammarly Tallarico here. Um, awful. And so he lists 12 videos, including uh, some guy who stupidly invested 10000 into this. That's not going to see a dime of that money coming back. And a bunch of others from the Crayola event finally and i mean finally at the end of this fucking long post is the same email update about this being delayed this should have been front and center if you if you respected your investors and the money and trust they put into it all you would not hide this from your investors like this it's unprofessional it's 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 callous and it's Disingenuous to say, hey, we had this great Crayola event. By the way, we just missed our third delay. Our, our, we just third delayed release the, date. Third release date. We delayed for the third time.
0: Yeah, Tom Tellerico has no respect for the people whose money he's taking. He does not care about you. Um, and probably most of the people in the, didn't read that far. This is this is a huge post. Yeah. Uh, this. So you look at a post like that. You look at the uh, midnight uh, email um this is a, a a person who is clearly in panic mode oh absolutely this is not saying. this is um, not a calm ceo and i don't think he's fooling anyone with this behavior
2: and you make it worse by delaying the inevitable we said for a month and a half like why is this delayed yet why is this not officially delayed
0: i don't know if you saw on atari age they closed the wagons around him too uh they changed the did you see they changed the name of the topic the the main omiko game uh, the main Amico forum thread is the uh, Q&A intro with Tommy Tallarico. They changed I, it. They changed it to, I cannot make this up. Fun Amico conversations. So I guess they want to squash any criticism yeah, at all. So the Q&A thread has been changed to something like, happy fun times. and well, it, ha- they, they unpinned it, at least. Now it's fun Amico conversations. Yeah. Fun Amico
2: conversations. And they got rid of, it looks like, people complaining about the RFID, physical media. It looks like. That's gone from here. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they realize this is this is an issue. Yep. This is bad. And this is what I'm going to say about the people that enthusiastically uh, the influencers that helped put on this Crayola event that appeared in the videos. I hope you realize what you were used for. And I do use the word used. You were used at the end of the day for subterfuge and camouflage for a delay. Yes. To show the investors, hey, look at the Crayola experience and what this is, has been used for was to tell the investors, in a roundabout way, hiding it, that there's been a delay. It was, it was used, your money and time was used to soften the blow of announcing
0: a delay to investors. And the whole time, he probably told you, I don't know if there's going to be a delay. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just have, a, we'll just have drinks together, and we'll have a fun
2: time. You're, you were used. You were all used. You should feel bad about that. You should be angry. We're, we're not the bad guys. We're just we're the messengers here. You were used. You should be very angry about that.
0: No, but I don't care if it comes out. It's the friends we made along the we way. We might
2: be assholes, but we're telling you the truth that you need to hear. Yeah. You were used. It's sad. The whole situation is becoming sadder and sadder. This is funny. Speaking of speaking of the, of the of the email, uh there was an Amicopium video put out. Where everyone, you know, basically coming together and you know sharing their grief about the delay and what it means can we come back from this amongst some of these people that were at the Creole event one of them the video was taken down cuz it looked awful but someone saved the audio and I listened to
0: it one of the people involved in looked this looked awful as in production wise or it looked awful for in television for in television okay especially cuz at this point
2: one of the people revealed he said just randomly he said I don't think I should be doing PR for this. I think Tommy should be having a PR person help put out these emails. The insinuation was, which I think we should take down, was that these lower YouTube influencers are helping construct the emails and do PR for Tommy Tallarico. Like that they're actually being shown the emails and how to write them up. This is insanity. That's insanity. The person said that basically I shouldn't be helping with PR. That's what they said. In that video, you have a, a multi-million dollar company start, a multi-million dollar startup, that you're running PR messaging through YouTubers that you're trying to pal around with. Or I, I can't even make a joke about that. You can't even make a joke. No, you can't make a joke. This this is this is clown clown shit going on by the person running the company. Supposedly the word is the word is. And we've seen the split. There's now a, this is great. This is like politics now. There is a a Miko faction of the Intellivision team that is like Tommy-centric and the business side that's non-Tommy-centric, which is why you've seen the engineer do an interview. You've seen the CFO do the interview. There's now a split of teams now internally, which is always good for a startup, where, you know, basically trying to get, not have the company rally around Tommy because it's been a disaster and actually try to do a professional job and get out of product. Unfortunately, you should have cut Tommy off at the knees a year and a half ago. It's now too late. Tommy is the face of the product and is in what's the word? Inex, inexplicably? No, intrinsically tied to the product. Inextricably linked. Inextricably linked. Yes. To the, to the product. You can't undo that. It's done.
0: It's done. So now you got to sell the Amico and Tommy Talarico, and that's going to be a hard sell.
2: They're tied together right now, so it's it's uh it's bad. So they're going to try to do probably another round of funding. That's what the CFO said to keep the company afloat. We had percentages on this coming out early in the year. Obviously, we were both far too generous on those percentages. Now I think we are going to start entering the territory of if this ever is released to the backers at all. I think. We we're getting to that point where we can start shifting the conversation to that, where it's no longer, "Well, is this going to come out by spring 2021?" Now it's like, "Is this going to be released next year at all?" I think we're going to start having those conversations. You think they'll it, 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 get something out eventually?
0: Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I texted you the other night. I said, "I, I, it was, huh? it was like Thursday or something." I texted no, no, you. Oh, Friday at midnight. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there and uh, it's just. Was probably high, just ruminating over things. But I was reading through some of the the responses, and what I noticed was a lot of people suddenly started having the realization that we've talked about for a long time. A lot of people in the, the who who are very into the Amico, who want the Amico, that none of this is lining up with just a parts problem. That this is lining up with a software. This is like issues. Gen- general
2: controller issues. Like, all sorts of problems. It's not just a parts the stuff, issue. The stuff that's been pointed out by people that are reasonable and
0: rational, but okay. That, that comes- was the little lie that was told last year when it made sense, and they still haven't been able to get their shit together one year yeah, later.
2: Yeah, they weren't hiring firmware devs uh summer of 2020.
0: It was for uh, accessories they were working on. Yeah, tons yeah. of accessories. Probably like a steering wheel, a fishing controller, yeah. whatever someone on the Atari age message yeah. board said, hey, Tommy, can you make a pop bubble for it? Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, software devs um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's that's that uh... yeah. anyway so i am now at the point where i do still think based on the type of person he has shown himself to be tommy will rush something out um to like the 10,000 backers or so yeah we'll i think if 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 there is nothing if if there is nothing that ships this december it's dead What's going to ship in December? Well, and that's where I'm going. I don't think anything's going to ship in December. Like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if he rushed something out, but I don't think it's feasibly possible for him to. Sh- All they did was delay ripping the band aid off by two months. Two months yes. is not going to fix this. But they had it's to be- not going to fix your controller issues. It's not going to fix your game dev problems. It's certainly not going to get your parts and get you into manufacturing.
2: But they had to be in manufacturing now to reach December. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, like, so it's
0: not going to do anything. So unless well, they well, well, hand assemble 500 units and send them out, send them out to the YouTuber influencer,
2: send them nothing out. Nothing is going. They, out. Ain't, they ain't sending them out to to real websites like IGN. They're not going to do. The, they're not going to send one the Jeff Keighley like playdate did. It'll get ripped oh, yeah. apart. They ain't doing that. So you're thinking they'll send out like a couple hundred maybe t- somewhere? To, to I don't like, think
0: realistically they can. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried to. And either way, I don't see it being good. If they don't ship anything, it's dead. We don't know if we don't know if the servers are done the, the, for, for to log all the high scores. Yeah, yeah, we've been there. Yeah. If they don't ship anything in December, it's dead. People are on their last nerve. I looked through and saw a lot of people who started to show that their faith was cracking. We said this on the, after the third delay, all bets were off, right? We said that. If they do uh, ship it, someone is going to find a way who's actually even killed to get a, their hands on one. And it's going to get destroyed. Because whatever is possible In the review, you mean. Yes. Whatever is possibly shipped this December. When I say he ships something, I mean he ships something, anything. I don't think we're actually... Go- it wouldn't be a working system. I don't expect them to have everything in place in the next... Five months. It would be as functi- four months.
2: It be as functional as what you see at the Crayola. It, you're not maybe connected to the internet at all. It's just it's going to load up the games that are already on it. Sync up a controller that hopefully works. Here's your five
0: packing games, or maybe they'll surprise announce the sixth one and they'll put them all on there, and they'll be like, "Stay tuned for the shop," and the shop never comes. And we'll give you a firmware update and a software update when it's available several months later, to and make it functional. that never materializes. So I think this is dead. I think I think this is dead in one of two ways. It's either they don't ship anything, and the interest it's just traders.
2: That's somehow worse than not putting it out at all, just refunding people. Their money.
0: No, I think it is too. I think it's much I mean, worse, and I think um, that's honestly cause where because
2: you'll have people then they'll get they'll get people's money to, for the full two fifty because right now it's a hundred dollars. He remember. can't help himself. He's got to show himself. He's, but at some point, the money people got to say this is insane. We got to cut this off. We don't have money to run this company anymore. Someone's
0: got to be the adult. Yes. But I, I don't. I, I don't see anyone being an adult around Tommy. Or what's would have happened by now? Yes. that's my point. That's like, what I'm trying, too late. Yes, it's it's too late for everything. Late. I don't think. Um, I I think no matter what road this goes down right now, there is you no know, path to success. It's bad or worse, basically. Right. To me, the the worst thing is that it comes out and then you have unfinished
2: product and people are pissed off. I say refund their money and close up shop. That's what I mean. That's what I would do. Release the games as software on the Switch. If you got the if you got the, the money into Astro, put the games on the Switch. Let people enjoy them. Make a little bit of money. You're not going to recoup all your lost money. Put
0: cornhole, make the cornhole for the switch. You can use the Joy-Con. Let me buy Choice Provisions uh, Breakout for five dollars so I can fucking play it. The only thing I, I want to play it. I mean, I,
2: I I feel bad for the devs too because we don't know if the devs, from what I hear, they might be locked into something where it has to come out. There's no reason why we can't play that breakout game on on the Switch or on
0: Steam. That looks 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 great. When I found out that the one thing that I thought the Miko controller could bring to that game. The circle control wasn't even being worked into it. I was like... Oh, requested. really? Did you hear, hear that? Uh, someone, I, someone said that that wasn't being used. You weren't using your, your paddle to, to, to do your breakout game? Yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. Either way, if, if these devs are unfortunately... Like Space Strikers, some of these devs are out in, in Europe... Um, if some of these devs have an agreement that they can't release these games until the Amico version comes out first, then I feel extremely sorry for those devs. They should talk to a lawyer, and if they have a contract like that, they should probably be like, "Okay, this is not a good faith effort, and this
0: has to run out at some point. We got to put out these games. Yeah. You, can't no, be lo- I... you can't be locked into an ecosystem that might never exist." I absolutely feel bad for the devs. I don't think feel all terrible. the g- i I have said before, and I'll say again, I don't think all the games look great, but I'm not here to shit on the devs. What no. we're understanding is that these are These are either people, from what I can read up on this, these are either people who have been in the industry for a long time and haven't, or they were in the industry a long time ago, haven't done anything really recently, and they want to come back and make something. But a lot of these seem to be, uh, and again, I don't mean this as uh, to be offensive, no name devs just starting. Um, or young devs young the devs exactly i the, the, i am not going to judge the devs worth entirely on what looks like a you know a, a bad 30 a five second game on the in the in the sizzle reel um and i, I do feel bad for them because i think some of them may have found themselves in situations with this game with their games that are not um that are not good for them by the way
2: another there was another YouTuber revealed in a video uh, I forget which one. This, this, people feed me these news. I don't have time to watch all these YouTubers. Um, but someone said that, that folks stripped me of the important bits. There was a, there was a really nice juicy bit where one of the YouTubers basically said, "Wow, it's still delayed. Well, I knew it was delayed. I was told it was going to be delayed uh, several months ago. I think they
0: mentioned back in like April or May, back uh, when they were
2: making getting money from investors on Republic.
0: Well. I also think that that's maybe not entirely true, and I think it's just uh, uh, coping. What they said it's was, I, I saw the same thing, was the guy who apparently was still holding out faith for the October 10th release date, when it was delayed, was like, I knew six months ago this okay. was getting delayed. Everyone knew six months ago this was getting delayed, and in reality, six months ago would put it before... The second delay, if you do the math, it puts oh, you say, before the April. I, it makes no sense. So the person saying they're clairvoyant that it was going to be delayed okay. twice.
2: So it was, it was a micopium, which I'll, I'll, I will trademark that name. So <laughs> they are coping there. All right. Well, I mean, at this point, I don't know what else we can talk about. Uh, there'll be news that comes out. People will get a hold of the, of the physical media. And actually, there's people now on the Atari for me. We're like, why can't we see what the physical media looks like?
0: What, why are you holding out on us? Because they know I, it's going to land with the excitement of a wet fucking fart. They don't want an RFID card. They don't. But that's what it's going to be. They don't. Some of them are going to pretend to tell you that it's okay, and they like the sticker or keychain that you put in there. But no one wants I, an RFID card. Again, that is absolutely not what anyone wanted when they said they wanted physical media. Again, you could say all the haters out there. Hey,
2: Pat in, fuck you.
0: <laughs> but
2: they are they're going to try to sell these to collectors who may never potentially be able to redeem them to actually play the games on the console. Yeah. That's what they're gonna do. And like clockwork, we said, tired of being right, it's it's actually not always good to be right almost 100 percent of the time that they were gonna announce the physical media and then do the delay and hide it afterwards. And it happened like three fucking days later. Like yeah. four days, four or five days later, within a week, it happened. It's tiring. It's tiring. It's also not, not that it has to be a challenge, but it's just
0: like, come on, man. Can, can you surprise me a little bit? Throw me a curveball every once in a while. Well, and it's tiring because unlike uh some people, I really don't get any fucking joy out of talking about this anymore. It's old, it's boring, I repeat my fucking self. Um, but when, you know, the delay comes, you got to talk about it. Yeah, so I really hey. just want this to end. I would be happy if tomorrow he said, "You know what? That's it. We're done and I never well, have to fucking talk about this ever that's again." That's when
2: the podcast ends though, whenever when the amico comes out. We talked about that. It's fine. So This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Sheath and their fantastic revolutionary underwear. This is the latest and greatest in undergarment technology. They have the three pouch system. So your your button, everything goes in the one pouch. And then you got two more pouches in here to separate. The tweak from the berries.
0: This is life-changing stuff for you out there. Traditional boxer briefs—they're barbaric. Basically, only good enough for Neanderthals. Yeah, that's what I say. Sheath has a modern ergonomic design intended to prevent skin-on-skin contact for long-term comfort. No building up of heat and sweat. Sheath prevents all of that. Whether you're going to the flea market, whether
2: you're working in a game store, whether you're, you're shopping at a store, fitness, staying in shape—you want to keep. You want to keep. The thing separated from the legs. You don't want that slapping around. You don't you don't want trauma down there. You don't want heat and sweat and, and, and disgusting buildup. Sheath helps with all of that. We have we have a deal. A deal. A deal to get you the best underwear you'll ever have in your entire lives. To go tell to, me about it. Go to Sheathunderwear.com slash C U Podcast for 20% off today. That's S H E A T H underwear.com slash C U Podcast. And make sure to use a promo code to podcast at checkout or just click the link below if you're on YouTube. That's sheathunderwear.com slash see for 20% off. Get this underwear, you won't regret it. You'll keep it all separated and nice with sheath. All right, Ian. Yes. We had another um, record breaking video game sale. They're happening every week almost at this point. Uh, a Super Mario Brothers sealed see- went. For $2 million. This is not the early print run that appeared on Pawn Stars a, a couple years ago. This is not this. This is a cellophane seal one, probably from around 87 uh,
0: that it's went for, which makes this kind of strange.
2: Ian, you want to talk about it a little bit?
0: So what makes it very strange is that it was sold on uh, Rally, which is a uh, collectible share. A collectible share's... Um, investment, investment nightmare app, app. site. Um, similar to Otis, which we have talked about Otisburg, which yes. we have talked about before. Um, and refuse
2: sponsorship. By the way, for Otis,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, definitely <laughs> refuse. God. Refuse that Otis sponsorship. Um, so basically, they owned a copy of this game Rally, and people bought into it with shares. You buy shares in the game. Uh, then it was they found a buyer for it at two million dollars, and I believe it had to be um, you vote on it. You vote on it, as it. like stockholders, right? Exactly, as stockholders, you vote on whether or not to accept, accept that, that that price, and um, you sell it, and you get your payout based on how many shares you have. So this was um, sold for two million. Uh, they agreed to the the
2: the the selling according to Sean Sermic reserved investments it was 75% for 25% were against this which is like shocking that it was
0: that high that you'd be against that it shows that delusion oh. is really kicking in for some of these people um you absolutely take that this this is sale. a game
2: that 3 4 years ago was probably four figures like Maybe several thousand at most, maybe a few thousand because we weren't tracking as much. But to go from several thousand to two million is nuts. But then to say, well, this isn't enough money on this investment. You know, and I think I got to say, these are all SEC securities. So you can look up how much they paid for it. I guarantee you that they didn't pay 200
0: grand for that game. I got to find what they actually uh, bought it at. It'll be online somewhere. So but. they made something like nine hundred percent back on some of those investments <laughs> I 900 mean, percent you want to say no, no no, no. let 's turn it down, which is just insane so uh, there 's like nine hundred back on these investments. I mean, my question is who bought it who uh, who bought it is what I want to know because two million seems even more ludicrous than the uh, obvious uh, for the one point than the one point five million uh, that Super Mario got, and the only thing that I can think of is. I can't make the accusation, but I, I just feel like someone who has a uh, stake in making Rally look good decided maybe I can buy this for two million and you know show people wow what can be done.
2: According to Ars Technica, uh, this this one was paid. Uh, someone bought this for 140. So th- th- so I'm looking at the article now. So they paid 140 for it last year. So they made back what is that uh, times? almost 20 times the amount. They made back like, like, like 15 times the amount in a year. Yeah. And, and there was still 25% of the people that turned that down. Wow.
0: Thank God that the, the reason people said, yeah, give us our fucking money. So this is obviously something that Rally wants to advertise. Absolutely. As being a huge deal because it makes their... Um, business look good, I think, to the layman. But at this point, I'm really starting to wonder, who is the layman? Who is the person who believes that this is actually going to hold up for any length of time?
2: It doesn't matter, though, because they're making their money hand over fist right now. So it's actually interesting that when you see a lot of stuff happen, like the record-breaking sales that happen end up benefiting these companies. Yes. Uh, So like, of course, Rally wants to say, hey, we paid $140,000 for this because the more, the higher that you... pay for it and announce it you can then uh, have your share sold for more money and then you have other people buying the thinking that wow one i i'm gonna put my money in and look what so, look what happens literally almost one year later they make a like what is that 16 to 17 times return on investment 16 to 17 times in one year in one year you can't find anything stocks uh, uh, index funds, that you'll get anything close to that. That's in, in, real estate. You don't usually double your money no. on stuff. 16 times?
0: Yeah. it's. And this is a
2: 1987 copy. Again, this is not the first print. It's not the no. second print. This is a 1987 copy. This is the copy that I probably owned. Or lots of people when they got their NES in eighty seven probably owned something like this. You know. They try to say, well, you know, it's a special version, it's only made for a few months. Everyone had a Super Mario Brothers by nineteen eighty seven. Like that was the year the NES was blowing up. It's the year it was blowing up. <sighs> no rev A, hang tab. They try to do all the things like uh, code round round soq. They try to do this minutia. To they do try these... to hit
0: you with all these weird trivia and facts to make it sound more interesting. Wow, than it this is. one was only made for maybe two or three months, we think,
2: and it's like it's still a 1987 Super Mario Brothers. Yes, it's a 9.8. Yes, it's a 9. It's not the first one. It's not the second one. It's not even the third one. Potentially, it won't be the last one. No, I mean in terms of print runs.
0: Yeah, that's what oh, I, I mean. Okay,
2: sure. Yeah. We're not talking about first print runs. This isn't comic books where it's like, yeah, it's action comics. Number one, by the way, with comics, usually people only care about the first print run of comics. They don't care about the reprints. Those Ninja Turtle third or fourth printings. People don't really care about. They want like the, want the original. Yeah, I want the original. So again, we have people that have bought into this. You have these, and we have a lot of money. We have these companies that are into Otis and rally. They have lots of money. They, they are big companies with money to burn, they can take the gamble on top of this to put the money in to prop, prop up the market. And with the help of uh, Heritage Auctions and, and WADA, it's like, wow, look what these guys are doing. We're going to get into this. Right. Before it was sneakers and other bullshit. Now we're going to try this with Super Mario Brothers, and it's worked for them. So good for them. The person that put in $2 million, that's what's interesting like what you said. Since this is an SEC-regulated security, Securities Exchange Commission, all these I think this would have to be publicly reported who you sold this to. Right. So, we hopefully will find out who gets this. That'll be some clue to the puzzle. Maybe it's just someone at this point you probably have a lot of money coming in where these are not game collectors obviously. These could be people that have a lot of money to try to reinvest from other things whether it was meme stocks or crypto or real estate or other collectibles markets that we're going to try to this. So I looked up something interesting that I'd heard about, wasn't totally familiar with. It's called an IRS 1031 exchange. I put the little link in there for Investopedia. So what this is, is a, uh, a way to defer capital gains when you're investing. So traditionally, this is used for like real estate. So meaning, if I, um, Ian, if I sold a house for, let's just say, a million dollars, and that was $500,000 profit, if I don't do anything with that money, I get tax capital gains on that, on that profit of the $500,000. This is a way to defer the tax payment if I can show that I put that profit into something else. Okay. Push it along to something else. Gotcha. Push it, kick the can down the road. So when I thought about a lot of these prices going up, I'm thinking about people that have this money. Okay, I just sold the house. I don't want to buy another house. Obviously, it's hard to move a house. What can I put this money into? Or say it's, I have you know profits from a, for selling expensive, I don't know, baseball cards, the Tom Brady rookie cards or whatever. Where I put my money into? That's legal, and I can now have a new toy to play with and someplace to hold my money if I don't need it. This is a way to do it. You basically do this 1031. You show the profit from one investment going into another. Now it's locked in there. The IRS can't get you for that until you take the profit out of that or you keep transferring it. And it's a way to build wealth. It's a way to basically just, again, you kick the can down the road for your profits, and you take the profits to reinvest to keep building it up. Eventually you, gotta, eventually, you got eventually you got to pay right. Taxes. At some
0: point, you have to pay but those taxes. But maybe this, not
2: this, this, if you keep building it up to something else. So I'm not saying that's what's, what's going on here, but I can definitely picture people putting money in and rally or Otis using this or even some of the people that are uh, experimenting with this new market or they are – speculating this could be where some of that money potentially comes from i will say this again don't if you ask me for a quote um you know for one of these articles that covers this stuff i'm not going to be the person to say unlike my some of my peers which who i respect and like i'm not going to be the guy to say well it's just two people that really wanted it because they want to click well, i don't think it's that simple this is way too much money yeah for it to be that yeah, I really. There's not many people out there that. I
0: respectfully disagree
2: on that. There's too, there's not many people out there to be like, you know what, Ian? I want to suit Mario Brothers. I'm going to spend two million fucking dollars on something that just a year ago I could have bought for one hundred forty thousand.
0: Doesn't make any sense.
2: That even two years before that, I could have probably bought for ten thousand. You know what I mean? Like, and going back five years, I could have bought for a grand, or you know, or a few grand. So it doesn't, it doesn't pass the smell test.
0: No, it does not that's, pass the smell test. There we go.
2: It smells funky. You ever get a piece of fish out a couple of days? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I might not want to eat this because it smells funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's no logic to it, potentially like on paper, but it smells funny. And we all know that if you eat that fish, you might get sick. Mm-hmm. Bad, mm. bad case of sushi. So, yeah, I didn't know about the 1031 exchange. I mean, I didn't know about it in terms of like, you can use it for investments to defer capital gains. So... Yeah, and then some people are bring up like something like money laundering. I don't want to go that far with some of this stuff. I will say this, though. It's a nice, handy way for you at least to, um, we'll just say, eventually try to hide profits. That would be harder to tax if you get into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Private deals for some of this stuff. Say you have $2 million. This isn't money laundering, but say you got $2 million from something laying around. Maybe you got that in different methods. You buy a game. Then maybe... There's a private deal that happens at some point. Maybe that money doesn't get reported to the IRS or it's only a portion of it does. So there's some tax things going on as well. You know, I, th- I think um, not to get into the crypto stuff, but a lot of countries are starting to crack down on crypto. China started to crack down on crypto. Where you can originally hide crypto money as a, as a haven for a lot of this stuff, this could be some of the bleeding into collectibles potentially. We're talking a lot, people with a lot of money that can be like, you know what? I can't put it into crypto and hold it there anymore, potentially get a profit or then just hold it. I gotta put it somewhere else. That could be some of this going on. I'm not saying for sure, but when you see something this exorbitant in this small amount of time happen, this isn't just a collectibles market. As Ian takes a swig of the polder. We're past that. This has moved on. This has moved beyond I'm talking to retro gamers and collectors. This is now out of our hands. Yeah. It's- this is not our world anymore. This is big finance. These are people with play money. And these are people looking to gamble as well with that money to speculate. Yep. So I, I, I welcome being able to see who the buyer of this is. It'll start to clue you and key you in a little bit into this. And of course, this is going to trickle down though, unfortunately into obviously uh, complete in box copies. I have not looked up what, complete in box. I have a second print run beat up that I found at Comic-Con of Super Mario Bros. I have no idea if that means that beat up copy is now worth, you know, ten grand even beat up. I have no idea. I don't know where this takes it. I don't know if that means people that are coming to Luna saying, oh, I'm, I'm trading my Super Mario Brothers card. You know, it's, it's got to be worth at least $1,000, Ian, because one went for $2 million. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We don't know. We don't know. But it's out of our hands now. We, we are now we are now Stepped over and stepped on for these these uh, these one percenters. Basically, it's the nicest way I can put it. Yeah, that's 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 what, that's what, that's what happened. we've we've helped establish a video game um, collecting community. We put in the decades of work and and the, and the knowledge and the research and the support, and this is the end result. We have companies like Heritage Auctions and WADA and other big invested firms getting into it, and it's all for these all these people to make this tons of money on it just to use it as a commodity. Just just it's just been it's been hoarded out. It's been hoarded out. That's it. That's it. All right. I don't think may be over dramatic, but I think that's what's happened. And it's only taken like 2 years
0: to do it. Yeah. Uh Ian, we have a, we got a, we got a Patreon. patreon.com/cu podcast you go you pay you get full video podcast <laughs> writings about once a week. I should probably do one tomorrow. Hang out once a month. Maybe you want to do it this Sunday? Uh, let me get back to you on that, but I think that's going to be just, just fine. It's okay. going to be just wonderful. Um, and we do these poll topics. This,
2: this was the closest ever. I think this happened once before. Where it was within a couple of votes. One vote difference. 50% split. I had to go to a recount. I had to download it. In second place, will computer games ever be as collectible as console games? By one vote, it wins. Arcade games you could not beat as a child that others could. Yay, it won! Uh, you're going to start this one. Oh, I am? Yeah. Okay. Was not expecting that. Not saying you can beat the game, because you can't. But one of my first arcade loves was Spy Hunter. And I played I played the, the sit-down cockpit version of Spy Hunter in my good old spaceport arcade. And as a kid, you're in love with the machine, uh, you, the, the, the synth sounds, it was like stereo inside of that cabinet, I believe it was, you had the, the cool, um, what was that stream wheel called where it's, it's not a full circle, I don't know what that called, the buttons on it, and loved that game, boy did I get my ass kicked once I got to the, you know, the second stage, basically, and hit the tire slashers. boy was I not good at Spy Hunter at all as a kid, that was like four though, but you know what I mean, like, that was a game that kicked your ass, but it was for the experience. It was, probably, it was probably like fifty cents back then. That was probably an expensive game back then. It's probably not a quarter to do the cockpit version. But as I grew older, had some training with the NES version. When I go back and play the arcade version, I do a lot better uh, than that. I can survive. I know that I know the tricks. I know how to avoid the tire slashers, and I know how to bump off the bulletproof bullies, and avoid the limousines, and how to destroy the, you know, the the helicopters with the missiles, and and even the the, the boat. I'm the, the boat on the, the boat section on the NES is is horribly difficult. It's actually easier in the arcade, the boat section, which is weird how they did that. The, the missile launchers and the boats on the NES version—you have to like slow down and stop and let it like come over. It's almost like broken. Mm. That part—it's a broken game. Broken game.
0: Broken. So,
2: Spy Hunter is one that I definitely, definitely could not beat as a child. As I could another one was probably Commando. Another one of my early ones. It was the first PC game that was ever bought for me that was legal. Um, Commando. Simple to play, Ian. Oh, I love G.I. Joe. I'm five years old. Put me on a command arcade machine, run around and get shot up immediately, like immediately in that game. Uh, that game was so quick and twitchy in the arcade when I was a child that I remember almost being so frustrated by that game in particular that I could not get far in that game. Um, Ikari Warriors was the other one I played that I remember being better at for whatever reason, because I mean, it was more slower, a little bit more slower paced to start with. Uh, but I remember playing Car Warriors, and honestly, I probably never even twisted the knob. I probably didn't figure out the, the twisty uh, rotary knob. <laughs> sure. As a kid, I probably just strafed back and forth. You know, maybe that's what, yeah. maybe that's what made it easier.
0: Yeah, I played you played it more like a shooter.
2: Yeah, and I, I, probably, I, I probably did better that way. But obviously, I couldn't beat those at all. Um, I'm trying to think of any arcade game that I could, quote-unquote, beat or at least do competently in when I was... We'll say between five and eight years old. We'll get a little bit older. There probably wasn't many of them, but in terms of competence, uh, yeah, it was probably rough. Once you get to like the late '80s, you get to like Ninja Turtles arcade, early '90s, and it's like, okay. I'm a little bit more, a little more dexterity, a little more skill. I can get past those games. Rolling Thunder, as a kid, kicked my ass, but I still was in love with the game. I can get probably, I think, to the end of the first stage or close to it. But not to the end. I'm not going to brag. I think I was all six years old and could beat Rolling Thunder. Oh, no. I probably can get to, like, uh, when you go down the, um, the stairs. The that stairs, part, sure. Which is, like, halfway through the stage, basically. Yeah. And then probably dying somewhat after that before you get to the barrels, you know, where they can hide in. Um, that's probably where I got to Rolling Thunder. So that, that kicked my ass.
0: That's a hard game, though. One You get one-shot deaths. That's a hard game. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm not good at, enough at video games to have anything that I can like totally destroy now that I couldn't when I was younger. but um, I That's think... not the question, though. It's particular. It's just what, what others could be at the time that you couldn't. Um, beat-em-ups. Beat-em-ups were always the... Uh the games i had trouble with as as a kid um i think at some point it it came down to the other kids being better at them maybe they got more tokens maybe they were quarter feeding a little bit more oh sure but i never played i never tried to play beat-em-ups as anything other than, I, I, it, it's weird, it, it, it highlights some of the weird things about my brain. As I was growing up, I always just kind of played them as they were presented to me. I'd walk up to the characters and start hitting buttons and die, and I'd wonder at how anyone could ever get anywhere in a beat-em-up. Really? On one quarter. I was awful at. Well, oh, one a kid. quarter's
2: tough, but yeah. Yeah,
0: but I mean, even even low quarters or anything like that. A dollar. I, yeah, like I I loved like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game as a kid because I was a kid and of course I did. But I was miserable at it and I would rarely touch it because I would lose just everything wow, okay. I had. Um, but as I've gotten older, beat em ups have actually kind of slowly have started to become um, the genre I'm maybe the best at. Uh, I can, um, you know, I I. I and part of it has been playing so many of them over the past couple of years um, and learning how beat em ups work and paying attention to like the, the clockwork, you know, uh, mechanics of the enemies and things like that. And actually just understanding what makes a beat up tick and how to move around and interrupt your attack animations. Maybe sure. you don't always want to go into that third attack because it's going to slow you down. You're going to get hit moving so, around. So stick and move games like uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles, uh final fight, uh, definitely, and you know, even uh, like the Streets of Rage games for non arcade games um, are all games that I've gotten vastly, vastly better at um, as an adult. Uh, and I think the other area where I've really improved is arcade shooters, um, like gun shooters. You mean? No, like oh, like, oh. like like shoot 'em ups. Oh, shoot 'em ups. Okay. Yeah, um, I was miserable at those as a kid. Um, those to me were games. I mean, until I was like in my early teens, I was like, these are games that just straight up fucking cheat. Like these are made to eat your quarters and they are, but learning how to like, look at the screen, move around the screen, dodge and play those shooters and get better at them. Um, still not great at them, but that's probably the most rewarding and fulfilling advancement I've made in games that I was off at as, as a kid. I um, mean, you know, I'd watch people play Galaga, you know, for a simple example and get up to like level 25 and I never could. And now I can do stuff like that. I can one credit clear certain shooters. Um, so definitely been improvement in that area. And then one where I wish I had improved more, but I haven't, I'm um, fighting games. I knew so many kids as, as that I was growing up with that were way better at me than fighting games um, I had a friend growing up who would sit in the arcade and played all the Mortal Kombat's and got good enough to beat them all. I mean, even sometimes without...
2: You couldn't beat Mortal Kombat? I couldn't beat
0: Mortal okay. Kombat. Um, and I, it does have rubber band AI, but like I couldn't even pretend to do it, even with a couple of credits. Whereas I knew well, tons of people a- who could. Who could. Um, same with Street Fighter. Um, but as I've gotten older, that is something that I have been able to do. Yeah, I remember Street
2: Fighter 2, I must have beat it at some point in the arcade. Street Fighter II. but yeah, I remember. I remember the last. Uh, well, he was originally Vega, and Bison being uh, being really difficult, even more more than Sagat. Yes, uh, really difficult, really cheap. You got to be like really on time with, with with your special moves, and you know, what I mean, um, yeah.
0: I, I, I have made it to Bison many times. I have lost to Bison just as many times on like, the
2: original. I'm even talking about champion, like just the original Street Fighter. Yeah,
0: uh, Street Fighter two. Yeah, um, I, I
2: I forgot to bring up your favorite game, Double Dragon um bowcraft amusement park i remember playing it and i was pretty good that was one of my that's one of my top probably four or five six gaming memories early on on an arcade i remember playing it getting so frustrated you get like two bucks as a kid that's all you get you get like eight quarters yeah so i think i just played just that that's my only memory at bowcraft was playing double dragon it was amazing to see double dragon there when you're like you know six years old and um or maybe seven and I remember getting far enough to getting to the you know, machine gun Willie, where the hell his name is. This fucking wipes you out with those bullets. And I remember being frustrated because I don't remember if I beat it or someone else. I think what happened was I, I ran out of quarters getting up to the last level and the other guy came in and continued for me and fucking beat it with someone else. And I, I felt like, but I did all, the, I did all the work. I got all the work by that point though. you had it out of the course. Cause like that, that boss was, I think he ran back and forth and just shot at you like, three hits you were, all you're all you're done jeez you know yeah what i mean like that those bulls took, took out a lot
0: yeah they definitely did
2: so i remember though i remember particularly i remember seeing the ending as a kid but i did not get the ending so i think i like well dick but quick pat was just like nah.
0: mm, over there that but happened I, to me once with turtles actually i remember playing with friends and i ran out of quarters as we got into the technodrome and that I,
2: was still a only quarter game those games were the four yeah. players were still a quarter because they realized hey we're making their money back on volume
0: Oh, yeah. Because you got to put in two bucks to beat it, and then eight, you know, four people. You know what I mean? That's yeah, like... that is something I clearly remember. I mean, and I was playing that Turtles 30s. game when it was brand new. I yeah, remember that. 89, I, mean, I played that. Yeah, I remember that being a quarter game.
2: I remember, I remember seeing that Spaceport, and I'm like, I was like, what? That's when, obviously, the movie was coming out in 89. The show had been oh, yeah. on. The show had been on for like a year, like a year and a half or something. So, like, not a year. So, like, that's when it really blew up in the show. It was like 89. That was the year. That's when the toys got more popular, uh, I believe. Was that the first year the Toys was? Is it 88, 88 I always forget that. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we're missing some. Uh, you know what? Here's another one. One last one. Uh, the, the regular light gun shooter games. A game like Operation Wolf when you're a kid. You did not have the reflexes, I think, or the aiming. Plus, the, the gun's so big. Nowadays, yeah, I could probably be, probably beat that game on a reasonable amount of quarters. I probably can do that. As, a, as like, an 8-year-old, 7-year-old? Oh, no, I couldn't do that with games. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You just don't. you don't have the skills. To do that, that's something. Yeah, I think when you get older, that's one of the few games I think your, your reflexes don't matter as much as just like the aiming and, and strength and dexterity as you get older, right? For those light gun games, Ian, we got we got voicemails to listen, don't we? Uh, yeah, we do.
0: We do got some <laughs> go to
2: anchor.fm slash the CU Podcast, and uh, there you get to uh, leave us a short voice message. You know, some people attempt shtick. I won't try. I won't try to judge you too too much uh, on the shtick there. And uh, yeah, here's our first one. Hello, this is Jethro from Boa Constrictors, the band. Look them up.
0: I was wondering. <laughs> okay, Jethro. <laughs> <with> <laughs> he laughed at it. The CU Podcast Flashback console's coming out, or the Ian
2: uh, Popsicle Magic console.
0: Flashback cart with all your classics uh, from right. uh from the, from the your memories.
2: You're, you're struggling there, Jethro. Okay, well we're doing a flashback. Uh, CU hey, uh, console.
1: Yeah,
0: this is TJ. Oh, from... sorry, TJ. Uh, I like the way you uh, shilled your artistic project, Jethro. Um, Look him up. Okay, that's how I. That's about how enthusiastic I usually get about my things. What do you do? I do a podcast about food i do a podcast about video games anyways uh as far as that console you stay tuned buddy (laughs) hey pat and ian this is alex from winnipeg just wondering what do you guys think is a gaming franchise that is uh kind of long dead and needs a resurgence or it's just not as popular and should be a little more in the spotlight uh, also, alternatively, what do you think is a franchise that just needs to go away altogether? <laughs> love the show, guys. Take it easy.
2: I always love the franchise that needs to go away. It doesn't affect me as much as I don't like, you know, like r- like rock band guitar hero. I don't mind if others do. I just don't. You know, I don't care. i I
0: agree with that in a way but as a person who uh worked in and still does for a little bit while longer a video game store i can tell you that it's not the madden that i really want to see go away it's the assassin's creed that i would like to see go away why is that it's just it's too many games i think many i think anyone who listens to this who works in video games will probably uh, works in in game retail will nod knowingly when i say this um it, it's the Assassin's Creed games that take over your fucking shelves. Because there's like seventeen. Because there's on. one every fucking year, and there's eight million of them, and they just like the Call of Duty games constantly keep moving through the store, no matter. Uh, which ones they are? They move. The Assassin's sell. Creed don't. They just sit there. They sell the Assassin's Creed games. They sell, but not at the rate that they come in. Like every fucking trade for a three sixty or a PS three that is above five games in a stack Has- is going to have an Assassin's Creed in there. I think we have one and a quarter rows on our racks of just Assassin's Creed games. All right. What about what about a franchise that needs to come back? Uh, I'd love to see SSX come back with an actual. They, so SSX was EA's um, like extreme snowboarding game. It was bright, colorful, crazy tricks. Loved it. SSX three is one of my favorite video games. Um, shut
2: the window. Sorry. Go on.
0: Specifically, SSX three is one of my favorite video games. It's it's a it's a joy to play. Uh, it disappeared for a little bit, and then they tried to do another one on the 360 and PS3. But they tried to make it realistic, completely like destroying the reason why people like SSX you you don't take a game that is cartoony and weird like Mario Kart and then try to fucking make it straight and narrow it'd be like if the next Mario Kart was a Gran Turismo game okay Uh, so SSX I'd love to see that that series come back all right next hello Pat Nian it's Leo from Los Angeles I have a question for both of you go what was the first game you ever beat and at what age Mine was a ladder on the Super Nintendo at the age of four. All right, thanks again.
2: Um, going back to Commando, the Commando uh, PC game. I must have been six years old. Um, that I'm trying to think if there's any bootleg PC games I beat before that that actually had like a beginning and an end that weren't just like uh, you know I definitely didn't beat like F- F15 Strike Eagle when I was you know six. I didn't know how to play it. I think I figured that out years later, how to actually play that game, how to fly towards stuff. You know what I mean? And they figured out the geometry of the all the lines and the altitude and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably Commando,
0: I want to say. That was the first one. It's only four stages, but I did it. It's tough for me to think of what it might have been. Um, I really... Uh, shit, I really have no idea. what Wow. Okay, I, I have that. always been very bad at video games. I literally don't know what the first video game I actually beat was. I may not have started beating games until I was like 10 years old. Wow. Okay. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. Um, there was just a listen on shopgoodwill.com, and there was 27 sealed Nintendo games uh, that went off for $30,002. If you had $30,002, would you spend it on the games, or what would you spend it on? Thanks guys. Great podcast.
2: So this happened about like five, six weeks ago. My mom brought this up to me. She must have saw a news clipping. Clear- mean, this this made news. Like, really? I think it was I think this was on like I think one of the Good Morning America shows. I might have done something like this. Yeah, we we talked about it when it happened. There was there was a listing there. Oh happened. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I but- I just I didn't know that it was on like my mom mentioned it. She's like, "He's like, yeah, I saw this about a thrift store." I said, "Yeah, mom, that was the Goodwill." Said, "No, no, it wasn't that." I was like, "No, mom, that was it." I, I followed this stuff. It was, it was it a is, Goodwill. I <laughs> yeah, I, I promise you, it doesn't get past me. Um, yeah, there was like a Metroid in there. There were some other games. It was, it was, it was like an eclectic mix of stuff. And uh, so, would you spend your money on that? No, to uh, flip it or no? No, absolutely not. I, I would. Ian's not a flipper. Ian's not. Ian's not a invest a lot of money and then hopefully get a gain on that. Yeah, type of guy.
0: No, I, I'm I'm not. Uh, I would. I've said this before. We've had similar questions. Uh, at this point in my life, all I really want to do is travel and eat, and that's what I would spend that money. You want you want to do the travel and eat podcast with Pat? You want to go to Japan? We'll start with Japan.
2: <laughs> no,
0: I'm going to Japan with Bonnie.
2: I'll I'll, I'll tag along. You won't see me. I'll buy I'll buy I'll buy a seat <laughs> right behind you. I'll I'll put on my glasses, disguise, glasses, glasses and nose, a
1: mustache. <laughs>
2: I'll, be, I'll just start filming videos impromptu. I'll be like, hey, it's me and Ian here. And I'll be Ian, like, like 30 feet away, like looking at, I don't know, Japanese seals. Do they have seals in Japan? No, I don't think they have seals there. No. Uh, okay, what's, uh, what's next year? Hey, this question's for Pat. This is Ed from San Diego. Hey, Ed. Uh, I was hoping you could provide all of us listeners out there uh, a nice, handy list of all the musical references that you make on the podcast uh for example you've got drop you've got beastie boys
0: come on yeah that's drop
2: i don't have it on here anymore while it's been a while that's, that's stained. stained come on it's been a while yeah. ew you uh, got rid of drop for that drop was too too long to get there yeah evolution 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 is 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 the, is the it was a wwe uh it was rick flair randy orton batista and uh, Triple H, they were, they were, that was their theme song mm-hmm. by the guy who
0: just died a couple years ago, Lemmy. from Lemmy, yeah, from Motorhead. Motorhead. You've got Lately.
2: Lately, did you ever hear a thing? I don't know who sings that That song. one, I don't know. That was, that was a 90s sucked for music, by the way. Which I really have no idea where that one comes from. Um, and if there's any other ones that I'm forgetting... Can...
0: I'm sure you are, Ed, but that's, that's about uh, it. I, you're the one who mostly makes those references, but I do just want to point out that uh, Wholehearted by Extreme has been a song that I have sang on this podcast twice now, and... Uh, Oh, you it's know that a genuine that a... That's a good song. No, There's a hole in oh, my heart. Oh, that one. I love that song. I just came to the conclusion the other day. I was There's like, damn, I like that hole. song. I love that song. Was that late 80s? It's by Extreme. I think it's 91 or 92.
2: Yeah, so you, still have some, you still have some 80s sensibilities bleeding to the early 90s there. Are you bringing it up because it wasn't mentioned?
0: Uh, I just wanted to point. I, I was just thinking about music references and the fact that I really like that song. Oh, okay, Ian. Good for you. I've made the reference twice. Okay.
1: It's a music reference on the podcast. Okay.
0: I feel you feel jealous that you were left out of that question. No, I don't. I just, I was thinking about wholehearted. Sure. Sure. Okay.
1: Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Aaron from Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore. Long time listener. First time caller. You're
2: not calling. I've been
1: rewatching the video game years and I noticed a certain Mr. Tommy Tallarico. Mm -hmm. I had completely forgotten he had been involved with the show. So I was curious if the feud runs deeper than we know. (laughs) Was he difficult to work with going back that far? Is his current behavior no surprise at all? Thanks. Keep up the good work.
2: It's fine when people say you work with this person on video game years. They were literally hotel room interviews. Yes. With like so, th- so those interviews took place. Uh, they were July two thousand twelve Classic Game Expo. The only time I ever went to them, I I, uh, I was still um, yeah. I quit my job. I quit my job that summer. So it was like right after I quit my job. It was like that in July. Quit my job nine years ago. My awful fucking job. Wow. Um, so that weekend we interviewed. It was Granddaddy John Dalia, the Retroware Daddy. Uh, Lance retro was there. Retroware Daddy. Game Chasers were there. I was there, and a couple other people. And it was like three days in in Vegas. It was hot as balls. I it was like one hundred and fifteen degrees. It was hot. And so we rounded up people to interview. I personally interviewed Howard Phillips. So when you see that, I did that interview, which was I had to keep my composure because it was like you know I was that's the only time I was ever starstruck was meeting Howard Phillips. Seriously. The only time I was ever starstruck at all was meeting Howard Phillips. But um, then uh, Keith Robinson was interviewed by John, as well as David Crane, uh, as well. I think Lance helped as well, because he appears in there. Chris Kohler Mm -hmm. was there. Bob Mackey. We rounded up everyone that weekend. But I didn't do most of the interviewing. Um, I forget if I did Chris Kohler or not, or part of Chris's. I think I might have done Chris's. Chris's and Howard Phillips, I think I might have done those. But I'm not positive. Uh, And then... Tommy Rico was was interviewed by John, and I met Tommy briefly. The thing I hear about Tommy is that he never remembers people, like he kind of knows who doesn't remember meeting because he's obviously he's made up lies about meeting me. That was actually the first time I met Tommy. I met him briefly. He came in the room. I said, "Hey, what's going on?" and whatever, and just left. And then so so I I did not work with him, quote unquote. When you when you say work with people, I'm getting in video game years, it's interviews, you know. So there you go. Who know who knew who knew that finger cage we, we finger cage we, with with with. with with adoration, we should say finger cage
0: Climid, tell you for years, cage. Yeah. And,
2: and then things went sour. Things went south. He ruined, not just ruined a system, he ruined the finger cage. Yeah, he did. Reference. He really did. We, never, we don't do it anymore. We used to do that every once in a while uh, out of just, out of just uh, fun.
1: Hello, Pat and Ian. My question is, <laughs> Okay, who is your favorite Peanuts character and why?
2: Oh, God. Josh, I love you, Josh. That could have been four seconds, not fourteen seconds. <sighs> uh,
0: the answer could also be four hours. So I'll try oh, to okay, keep give it me to one. just one me two, a couple minutes. Uh, uh, Snoopy genuinely is a character that I love because he's uh, fucking weird. Um, you look at the fifty years of it. You look at him constantly taking on different personalities. Uh, he does not like people, uh, but he's constantly trying to be people. That's weird. He he's. I think he's trying to figure out. People the entire time that you read that comment. You
2: can see that. That's why, I mean, uh, Watterson adored Charles Schultz. You can see some of that yes. influence in
0: Calvin Hobbes. Um, yeah. I also always really liked uh, the um, Marcy Peppermint Patty dynamic. Um, and I've well,
2: always. It well, was a weird dynamic because, like, she was like, she was a tomboy, right? Peppermint uh, Patty. But they were still kind of by the hip but they had really different personalities
0: well marcy yeah, yeah and Mar- marcy was very dry and snarky to yeah. uh patty's boisterous and and loud person they still somehow got along But they still somehow got along yeah um yeah and i i like linus i like linus a lot too I like linus. linus is linus is full of problems himself but he's always trying to be the voice of reason well, that's that's what you want out of a character right there i would do a few more here hey bettany and uh, first time, long time. I guess mm, this mm. is mainly for Pat. How do you deal with the anxiety of letting strangers into your house, from people doing maintenance or cleaning to dating and one-night stands? Additionally, when is a good time to bring up your collection in a new relationship? Have you ever had any woman just nope out? Thanks.
2: Well, I don't think bringing a date home or doing a one-night stand would end up in the game room. That's one of the reasons I got Castle Country, was to keep that shit sequestered. Away from the norm, the, the normies of society. You know what I mean? Um, when I have someone over, like right, when I refinanced earlier in the year, um, you have to have someone do a, do um, an appraisal. They come. The, it's 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 a screw job though because the bank hires and the people doing the mortgage hires the appraisal. The appraisal came in like three hundred thousand dollars lower than what the house is worth. Whole other conversation. I'm not mad at all. They fucked me on, on a, an eighth of a percentage point. Anyway. So having him come in and be like, oh, this is interesting. And you're like, yeah, you don't think they're going to take something. They'd have to have knowledge of what to fucking take, first of all. It would be like me walking into, I don't know, a uh, depression glass. That's what my mom likes. A depression glass, glass collection. I don't know what's worth money. I don't know what to do with this shit. And since we're, we're like knee deep in this, so we think other people know what this shit is. We, they don't. They have no idea. Oh, yeah, I played that when I was a kid. And that's where it usually starts and ends. They don't know that a game on the shelf there is worth like three thousand dollars. They don't know what Peekaboo Poker is. Right? They have no clue. They wouldn't know what to start. They'd have to. They'd have to have advanced knowledge. Unless I see a guy go on his phone, uh, you know. Unless I see a plumber like go to my room, like going on his phone. Oh, most expensive video games, and then figuring out which ones to pick off the shelf, and you know, and finds a magical chase. That's probably not going to happen. It's more about the people that know it. That like I talked about, like at my condo, I'd have a couple people over. That, you know, like 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I would not do that today. I would not have mostly strangers over. Right. Uh, to like do a game trade, that would not happen anymore. Um, then, uh, what was the other part of the question that, that, I, that I was going to comment on? Oh, there was a woman uh, back in the garden apartment days that you can see in my early NES Punk videos, like the, like the great ones with Allison, like Panic Restaurant. The shelves were out in the open in the living room because we're talking a garden apartment. There's like four rooms kitchen, uh, dining room, living room, and bedroom. That's what it is. It's, it's a one bedroom apartment. Sure, it was roomy as hell, though it was great for what I what I was paying with, with my own washer and dryer. It was fantastic. But it's a one bedroom. If you have a two bedroom, you can have that shit there. Like my, my like my condo was a two bedroom. Um, so there was one girl I went on went on two dates with, and I think we I think we came back briefly to my uh, place the first date. But either way, in the second date, and they, and they were fine dates. We came back. And she looked around and she looked at the shelves, and maybe this was her out, or maybe she was like on the fence. But it was a second date, so the first date went well. She looked on the she looked around the shelves, and she said, "Wow, this is some forty year old version stuff." And the <laughs> and the forty year old version had come out probably oh, like damn. the year before. When that come out, like two thousand six. That was fifteen years ago. That's what blew up Steve Carell that movie right after uh, Daily Show. Yeah, two thousand five. So this is probably this probably happened two thousand six, two thousand seven. I moved to my garden apartment two thousand six. She said that, I'm like, I thought, yeah, I'm not seeing her again. But most of the other women that saw that stuff were like, cool. They're like, oh, I remember playing Duck Hunt. You know, It also wasn't the volume of this, though. It was literally just the two shelves. You know, We're talking like I had one-fifth the game collection. I, not one-fifth. One-twentieth the game collection I had now. One-twentieth was the size of my game collection back in New Jersey 15 years ago.
0: Sure. Yeah, it
2: couldn't have been nearly. I only had like 500 NES games. I have several thousand games now. Like several thousand. So I don't even know how many games I have. I never counted it, but it's probably four to five thousand, something like that. Ian's like, damn, that's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. Yeah, probably, yeah, maybe four thousand. So anyway, what was I saying? You want want to do do two more? Two more.
1: Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. How's it going, guys? Hey. Um, This is Bob, and I'm calling to ask you guys' opinion on television, Amico physical release games?
2: They're not physical. I'll just cut you there, Bob. They're, they're not physical. They're RFID cards. They're hiding it for whatever
0: weird reason. You can call it a physical... It's a physical product, product which is yes. what they probably said legally we can't call it physical media. It's not physical media. It's not on there. It will not allow you to play the game after the servers go down. No. End of story. As we've said, I think the most that we can expect to be wowed by this is if there's no license restrictions on it, basically. So you can use it time and time again, take it over to a friend's house, essentially resell it. Yeah. Which would open it up to some amount of piracy. But I think that they may be willing to accept that. um, So they can say they've got some sort of gotcha. That's never really been done.
2: But then you have to find another person in your state that has an Amico. So good luck with that. Right. I mean, yeah. And we'll do one more. Speaking of Amico.
1: Well, guys, it looks like you were right about our third delay with the Amico. Congratulations. I was trying to stay optimistic, but you and all these negative Nancys I got working for me just had to go and kill the whole vibe I got going here. But it's not my fault. I had them all ready to go, and they were stolen. It was the same guy who had all those PS4s in that warehouse. You know, Vinny Shabnamagurgle, whatever his name is. I leave the gate open for five minutes to go get my Papa John's, and all of a sudden I come back and boom, you're off to the Ukraine, just like that, sucking up electricity with those LED lights, mining cryptocurrency for Vinnie Shabadoo McGuffin. I tried to go to the cops about it, and they were laughing at me, they thought I made that name up, they said, Tommy... All the guys on the force got a lot of respect for you for doing that oof sound in Roblox. But you're on your own here, buddy. But I'm not on my own, okay? I got the Amico Mafia. You'll all be hearing from us real soon. Arrivederci! Oh, no! No. Wow, Tommy! No, Arrivederci!
2: Wow, you're you're going East Coast Italian on us now! Wow, you're bringing out the the Italian. Woo!
0: (laughs) That that was an action-packed one minute there. Wow. It's like well, it's like a really good movie where you're like, wow, that was a two and a half hour no, long movie. No. I thought it was twenty, 20 minutes. That well, yeah. was like that was like twenty
2: seconds. That that was you had you had a pizza drama, you had theft, yes. you, you had a veiled threat from from an amico <laughs> mafia. We 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 were getting pulled along for the ride. We laughed, we cried. You've got the boys in blue. <laughs> yeah, the boys in blue you're talking to. <laughs> Oh wow, that that could be one of my personal favorites.
0: That's that's definitely up there. <laughs> that's
2: up there. That's that's a top three right there. There's probably been like what thirteen or fourteen <laughs> so far. Yeah. At least. All right. Is that it for the city podcast? We're done. That's it. It's one. It's Wednesday. I I, I gotta get this out today. Uh, I'm, I'm not streaming today though, so I'll be good. Uh, we'll see if I have plans tonight. We'll see if I have a uh, you know uh, someone coming over and scoping out my games. No, that's not that's not even like a twelfth date thing. That's like. Uh, you, know, you, you keep that as long as possible from someone. <laughs> the game collection. You're, gonna, you're having a fun Wednesday, Ian? Gonna, gonna, gonna... I disagree with that. I feel like you got to do that right off the you bat. Got to pull the band aid off. Got to see what they. What, gotta...
0: shock, shock and awe, see if they can take it. Religion, basic politics, video games. Having a baby <laughs> or not. And uh, you should probably get into the hobbies. You should probably discuss the hobbies. What, baby, first date? Like, really? No, not first date. I'm just saying these are things that you got to talk about quickly.
2: I don't think hobbies is as quick if it's not a if it's not out in the open if it's not like a lifestyle
0: if your hobby's not a lifestyle if you don't talk about it though then they wonder why are you hiding it it's a hobby you should be happy about your hobby and share it well I guess there's a difference between saying
2: I I like and collect old video games where I have a whole room and a half full of them you know what I mean like that's like there's there's stages I think you got to like ease them into that part if
0: that makes sense no no. Okay, then I'm just crazy. Respect your time. Okay, figure it out quickly. Well, with my my ex, always thought it was
2: okay, but never didn't question. Sometimes question the insanity of going to the swap meet
0: early a lot, especially when. Well, I mean, I would question that though too.
2: But that's that's you can't. You also them. don't
0: really do that that much anymore. Oh, the book uh, that
2: ended that real quick. I did not have the energy, yeah. so that ended by like, 2016. Going to it regularly. That's when it ended sure. I haven't been in a swap meet now in like five months. Wow. Trying to get there with Frank again. There's about, by the way, on this uh, uh, outro, there's about 12 left to edit. I'm not going to squeeze them down to 50. There's about 12 left, and we'll probably do like a maybe like a final run of like two or three at the end, potentially, like just to see, you know, I don't want post-pandemic when masks are gone, maybe it will be too depressing to end it now, but I, there will be a final episode of Plea Market Man that'll probably come out within a couple years. It's going to end. With that said, though, the podcast is ending. Yeah, yeah, bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Ian. Thanks. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?